Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? A wonderful episode here with one of my good friends, Max Silvestri, whose uh, show in New York City I just did uh, last night. The big terrific show, Wednesday nights. He didn't ask me to plug this. He doesn't need help plugging this. But it's one of my favorite shows, Wednesday nights in Williamsburg. And Max is just so, so funny. I'm so glad we finally got him on the show. What a great guy. Uh, here, here's, the, uh, here's the plugs that we got to do up top. First of all, I want to say that uh, we have a wonderful live show in Los Angeles, if you're in Los Angeles, or the Southern California area. June 18th and July 30th are the next Pete Holmes Living at Largo shows. Those have been so, so fun. I'm packing it with lots and lots, pretty much exclusively guests from this show, and musical acts, which are going to be amazing. And some of those musical acts are going to be coming on the podcast to also talk and sit down and make it weird, which is going to be awesome. So it's kind of like the it's kind of like what the talk show is going to be. There's stand-up, and there's guests, and there's chatting, and it's, it's just wonderful. So that's Pete Holmes, Living at Largo. Go to Largo uh, Dash, that's a dash, right? Largo-LA.com to get tickets to uh, Living at Largo. June 18th and July 30th are the next two. The other dates, I'm currently recording this from my hotel in Bloomington, Indiana, for the Limestone Comedy Fest. That's going to be uh, j- uh, June, July, it's June, guys. I just have to count it out. It's June. Oh my god. June uh, 7th through 9th, that means tomorrow the 7th is the live You Made It Weird. At 4 o'clock, Maria Bamford, Tignataro are all going to be there. Then I'm on my way to Chicago, that's June 11th through the 15th for the Just for Laughs Festival. Uh, June 28th, Portland at the Aladdin Theater for one night, that's going to be awesome. June 29th, also awesome, in Seattle at the Neptune Theater for one night, June 29th. July 11th at Tipitina's in New Orleans, 12th at Fitzgerald's in Houston, uh, 13th at, in Dallas at the Texas Theater, and then off to Montreal for uh, July 24th through 28th for the Just for Last Festival in Montreal, also including a live You Made It Weird. Uh, we have a new sponsor. Uh, which I'm excited. This is actually a sponsor that I use and do endorse uh, sincerely and enthusiastically, which is Hulu Plus. You got you know what Hulu Plus is. You use it to stream hit shows on your PC or on Hulu.com. But now it's time to start your free trial of exclusive content in your living room and on your mobile devices with Hulu Plus. If you like me, use it on your uh, your Xbox, but you can also use it on Roku, Apple TV, your PC, your Blu-ray player, maybe your TV even has it. Uh, with Hulu Plus, you get total control to watch thousands of shows whenever you want and uh, whatever you want. And you can binge on full seasons, watch your favorite current shows, and even full series of classic TV shows. It's pretty much endless. they got Community, Modern Family, South Park, SNL. That's how I watch Family Guy. They've also got more. Hulu Plus is only $7.99 per month at HuluPlus.com forward slash weird. That has to be in lowercase. It's only $7.99 per month at HuluPlus.com forward slash weird. Keep it crispy and keep that case lower. They didn't ask me to say that. I made up that stupid line. But right now they're offering extended free trial of Hulu Plus that's only available to podcast listeners. Take control of your TV watching experience. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash weird for your exclusive free trial. Again, HuluPlus forward slash weird for your extended free trial. That's it. All right. Enjoy Max Silvestri, everybody. I always preferred preferred Dave Matthews' version. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
a ball along the watchtower. Yeah, totally. Is, mean, well, let's say it. Is that a great song, or is it just because there weren't songs like that? I back thought then? it was a great song, but I have like uh, the car I had for a while in New York. Every time you plug it in, it'd play the alphabetical first song that you had. And oh. I had, and I didn't have a lot of songs on my iTunes, so the first song was all along the watchtower. So every time I turned on the car, it was like, <laughs> which is a cool riff, but it started to feel like I was in a yeah. '90s war yeah, movie yeah, yeah, every yeah, time yeah. I turned it on. A friend of mine, a his, montage about the '70s. His old uh, Mac. Did you? Were you a Mac guy from the beginning? Uh, the, no. I, I'm just assuming you are now. <laughs> no, it's so obnoxious. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I know we're very similar fellows, <laughs> but uh, you could you could use programs like ResEdit and all these different. Oh, I got to turn my phone off. Yeah. Uh, this old Patrick Walsh. He's texting me from Amsterdam. What a magical time we live in. Uh, asking me for recommendations, but when I was in Amsterdam, all I did was walk about. And just find places organically. I th- that's true. That's exactly what it was. Was that's that? I, you know, I don't know if it was Amsterdam that I enjoyed so much, or it was just the. You can put these on. Was the idea that I was just going to kind of li- live by whimsy? You know, that's something that I've never been good at. I've always been whimsy. A, <laughs> whimsy. Yeah, I've always been a really serious, uh, tiring person. No. <laughs> I just mean I'm like not a fun traveler. I'm like an over planner, mm. you know. Uh, but I've been trying to like live a very relaxed. Yes. In the last year, it's been like oh, turning a different, uh, turning a new leaf. A little bit more uh, less chill deliberate. about things. Chill. Like, like, oh, I'll just we'll book tickets to somewhere. Right. And I'm sure we'll figure it out where we're staying. It's and funny like that, that you say that, man, because I was just thinking about that today. I'm reading this book called Inside Scientology because I'm trying to like uh, I, I'm just interested in sure. anybody. anybody That's that, funny. I know two. Like I'm reading. I'm in the middle of Going Clear. And, what is that? Uh, Going Clear is the like. Uh, Lawrence Wright, I think it's uh, he had written that long excerpt for the New Yorker about um, Paul Haggis and the way that when he left Scientology, they like tore him apart. But the book is about the inventor of Haggis. That's all I want to (laughs) say. It's my podcast. Can I make that whatever you want? The inventor of Haggis. But this has been so fun, and I do have to run out. Uh, I booked another one for half an hour. (laughs) You have anything to plug? Um, I don't know the name of the other podcast, but I'd love to plug that. Uh, That is great. That is great. But going clear is like a tell-all, both the history of L. Ron Hubbard and like currently what they're like. And then uh, Gabe Liebman is reading Gabe Lead. the Miscavige daughter that like got out. You know, like David Miscavige is the oh. uh, current, he's like Tom Cruise's best friend and like the heir apparent to L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, but his daughter was in it and she left and wrote a book. And Ooh. I haven't read yet, but apparently it's like amazing. Because she was in the midst it. of it for, you know, her whole life. That's who it takes. And I, I don't know if the author of Ins- I just started it. And when I say I'm reading it, I'm listening to it. I listen to audio <laughs> That's okay. I can't. So I'm about uh, two hours into it, which is pretty pretty good dent. Yeah. Pretty good dent it's into like the first it. chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Very slow. Inside. <laughs> There's actually a half speed on audiobooks, and I do. I slow can. it down so I don't you miss a can. word. <laughs> I actually I miss so much, but that's fine. It keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. I, love I tend it. to read like children's books on audiobook. Like I'll read Ender's Game because I feel like if I, I just t- Ender's Game is really like a, out. You're shaming me with your Ender's Game. They're making books. a movie now, but it was Ooh, it's I like, like a science fiction book written for twelve year olds or whatever, and it's like about kids. Okay, but that's a book you can just like miss a chapter and it's fine. It's, <laughs> okay, so it, I'm sorry. I'm, I was thinking. I was hearing what you were saying about Ender's Game. I want you to know that. But I was also <laughs> thinking about the coincidence and how fun it is that three of your friends are reading Scientology books. Yeah, and I'm counting myself as a friend. <laughs> I yeah. have two friends of you myself. Gotta, yeah, that's yeah. one of the themes of the show. you got to be us. your own friend. Exactly. Three of us. <laughs> um, but it was talking about old Elron. I like calling him E-L-R-O-N. Sure. Elron sure. Hubbard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tragic with how with Elron in Texas and the accounting scandal. Fuck him down. Cool.
Very good. Mm. Very good haggis <laughs> joke. Enron joke. Um, Lafayette is what the L is for, by the way. Really? That's that, Isn't it weird that as I'm reading, I just, I'm just trying to cherry pick the facts that'll prove that I read a book? Man, that's much like uh, when one is having an experience now, I feel like you're looking for the like the funny thing to, oh, to Instagram yeah. and make it well, documentable. Well, doesn't that go back to the Amsterdam philosophy? And now it's like, moment. even reading, it's like, well, ultimately, what am I going to take away yep. and tell people about this? That, there's a bad side to it, too, which is like the, with the tweeting and the Instagramming and, and even this podcast. Podcast. Like I don't, I don't have conver- conversations that aren't recorded. Sure, you know, or if I do, I point out how novel it is. I'm like, that's why you put your us. finger to my lips and shush me as soon as that's I walked right. in. Well, I like so tenderly. I like. <clears throat> They were very soft and pillowy. Thank you. I just started using coconut oil. So. Did you? No. <laughs> My girlfriend did, though, and she's like, I'm just like, coconut, like that you'd buy at a... Coconut? Supermarket? Oh, just like straight with? coconut oil? It seems like that, Is yeah. she a nut? My my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, like I'm a, I'm kind of a weirdo that uh, that no, but like we, uh, Jenny Slate had things. said that she was used it once, and my girlfriend's like, okay, I'm gonna like we were all uh, at uh, drinks, and she's like, I'm gonna try it. It was like a beauty thing. Though. Yeah, it was Not- like I tuned out, but they were like talking about the way it made things glowy and soft. I don't know. <laughs> all, all we want is the glowy, soft mm-hmm. things. We don't care what kind of tropical oils you're spreading or not spreading. Exactly. As long as it makes me like her more, that's all she cares about. <laughs> In a kidding. physical, shallow way. <laughs> we'll get to the girlfriend. I never forget to talk about the girlfriend. But uh, it's interesting. So Scientology, so that first coincidence of three people that we know, you yeah. being one of them, mm-hmm. me being one of them, uh, reading these books. But also... The idea of adventure. He was like an adventurer. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, re- I'm listening to that and I'm thinking about, of my friend Oren Brimmer. And Oren is, you know Oren. And yeah. He's one of my favorite people in the world because he's capable of just like, go- we were just in London together. He'll just like go out, meet locals, drink yeah. their warmest ale and like wind up like different places. That's an impressive skill that I it really is. admire. And I don't. What is go? I think it's fear. That's that's my answer. Why don't you do it? You know, I uh, I went on this cruise about a month ago uh, to write about it. Uh, but to it was, write about the cruise? To write about the cruise. That would be so weird if you were like, to write about this very topic. <laughs> Max. <laughs> no, so I just went to write about this cruise that was like Top Chef themed. And I, my girlfriend and I were definitely like the youngest people there nearly. Sure. Um, but I realized... And, and all, I was, all the meals were at 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it was like two seating, six or eight. Uh, but we got there and I realized that like living in, in Brooklyn and... Uh, which is not that different than like being in LA. It's like, man, everybody I see out and about is like exactly like me. Yep. They all like I can ass- I can guess what bands they listen to, and they're you're the same a Mac as me. Person. Exactly. Go, a, you, where you start out a Mac person, so I don't bother to like have a lot of uh, surprising encounters. Like I don't yes. start conversations with strangers and things. But being on this cruise forced it on me. Where yes. you know you're in open seating and all the tables are like twelve people. You know, uh, twelve people tables. So, you, like, you sit down, and you're going to be next to like two couples who are com- from the Midwest, from here. They're like completely different, uh, everything. And obviously, like, we're not jerks, even if we're like quiet. So, we started talking to them, and I, like, we had these amazing yes. dinners, which is like people. And I was like, never in a million years would right. I have met right. people like this had I not been forced into it by a cruise, which is really regimented. Right. But right. I realized I needed to be more like that. That's exactly you know? it. It's right there. Like mm-hmm. curiosity, interest, and adventure, and all these things are right there. So I'm wondering, when I said fear, is what do you can you identify why you're not that way all the time? It, like, let's talk about the different things you could be afraid of: social I, embarrassment, or 
I'm not afraid of social embarrassment, but I am sort of like controlly yeah. in a way that like. Uh, but isn't that an anxiety? Re- oh, sure. Yeah. No, I'm not. I, yeah. I just mean that the anxiety of it being. Admit it. You're I'm afraid. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't accept you not being me. I'm trying to push it off to the end. I want. I want to end with that closer. Of, you're right, Pete. I'm afraid. I, I look over. Hug. You have a set list. It's been everything we've said so far. Uh, you had the haggis joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that I'm. You know, like if I see like an acquaintance that in another situation I'd like to catch up with yes. randomly on the street, Randy I don't feel like I handle it well. You know, like I'll sort of unexpected conversations yeah. can throw me off. I even have a bit about that where I, I'm talking about uh, talking with a stranger on the subway, which is unlike me. And if I like see a friend, I'll pretend like my headphones are stuck in my ear or whatever and just be like, oh, why don't we ever hang out? Like run away, you know, I if I'm not too. expecting to see them. Is it because are you it goes back to a little bit of control, I suppose. Like, do you rehearse things in your brain? <laughs> I mean, we all wake up and practice laughing and sneezing in the mirror, right? Just so that we look normal. <laughs> well, I think there is I, I know you're, I, I, I acknowledge the joke and I laughed at it. But what I'm saying is sometimes I catch myself rehearsing different things. And there's a good way to do that. You know what I mean? I, when I'm on my way to this podcast, I'm thinking, Max, all things Max. What will it be like? What will Max look like when he's laughing? I actually try and visualize it a little oh, bit. Oh, okay, sure. What will I look like when I'm laughing? Mm-hmm. What's, it, what's it sound like to be interested in Max? What's it sound like to make Max interesting? Because you're so dull. <laughs> yeah. uh, what does he need to get him going? <laughs> what do I need? What's in I this coffee him, you got... handed to me wordlessly <laughs> as I walked in? I just guessed this was coffee. Literally just a thing of brown liquid. <laughs> well, that goes back to everyone we know being the same. I was like, you want some fair trade organic coffee? <laughs> yes, That's I ice? do. Yes, you do. I will say it's... Oh, sorry. Let me... Th- no, no, no. I, the point is, is on the bad side of that, the extreme side of that, when I become that, that is the good side. But when I become that thing's bitch is when I start like not wanting to see somebody if I can't have a moment to be like, what do I got to talk to Jim about? You know, like when you're at a party sure. and you see Jim and you're like, oh, there's Jim. And then you start playing this game between two columns, the person you're talking to and the topics you have remaining. And then <laughs> what you could talk about with Jim. And when the Jim column is greater than the person you're talking to, you leave that person. Wow, that's crazy. But if no. you just I know, but if you just unplugged for a second, yeah. you'd realize that the list that of the person that you're actually talking to would grow. This this goes back to the presence idea that these people that like really plug into somebody yeah. and and relax a little bit and don't have anxiety and don't want to control end up being Orin Brimmer in Japan eating like some fucking And we're all just deal. trying to be Orin Brimmer in Japan. I mean, that's the, the <laughs> ultimate goal. Or it, L. Ron Hubbard. It's, it's not We want to be on adventures. It's not the rehearsal thing where it's like, "Oh no, I'm not ready for this." It's more that goes back to the controlly, like I want to, uh, like oh no, if I like I already had a plan, like I'm going to this place, I'm going to do this thing with these friends who uh-huh. I know interact in this way, yeah. and I sort of like I know what it's going to be, and by this is a variable, like oh I ran into this fourth friend right. that only kind of knows them at a bar, right. like now you've thrown off the whole dynamic yeah. that I'd. I guess imagined, yeah. But I mean, like every short story or every like adventurer starts with Max wearing his earbuds, going to a party with his close friends and running into a friend that he kind of knew in college and you bring him yeah. to the dinner party. Now it's a Norman Mailer story yeah. and then it's revealed that he's like a <laughs> bank robber or something right. and everyone's like, what the fuck? But it's fascinating and they have a great time. I think right. maybe I have sometimes because I want everybody to be having, I have like a very hosty personality. Ah. I want everybody to be having a great time and yes. I think I have like uh I don't think highly enough of like friends that where I'm just worried that like oh no if this doesn't 
yeah. you're not going to like this or you're not going to enjoy each other's company and right. it's all going to fall apart. But it never works out that way. Obviously, we're friends with fun, good people. Yeah, and, sure. No, know. but I get that. You want to control what it is and, and, and you don't want to allow that weird element in there. Yeah. I get that. I like cook a lot at my house and I've had to get better like in having people over when like more normal people are like, oh, yeah, I'm running half an hour late and so-and-so's with me. Is that cool? Ha. And, you know, instead of just like handshakingly trying to control my anger like I used to be now – I'm okay with that. Obviously, everything always works out. Yeah. I just saw a place beyond the pines, and there's a scene where three cops invite themselves to dinner, and they, like, barge in. And it was going to be Bradley Cooper and his wife and their baby, and uh-huh. now it's four grown men <laughs> and a baby. And, like... My lip is sweating just uh, <laughs> And he was just like, come on in. There's plenty of food. And I was like, what the fuck are you eating that you can just triple the order? Just constantly, like, a whole ham or a roast <laughs> in the oven at all times. It's like an ongoing rotisserie, like the back of fancier <laughs> yeah, supermarkets. Exactly. <laughs> but like so you say you have a hosty energy and I get that. Yeah. Did that did that come tell me where it came from, but here's my guess. I like sure. being wrong just as much as I like mm-hmm. being right. I got I a little bit that. of <laughs> <laughs> That's so Who true. likes that? Who likes that? What I mean is the show will go on yes. even if I'm completely wrong. Yes. Controlling was the family atmosphere kind of in need of control. Did did you rise to the occasion or are you just kind of No, I think it's something I inherited from without my... a cause. My dad was like to- like a cook and enter- like always wanted to entertain like do you have enough to eat can I get right. you something more what do you want in a very like uh you know paternal kind of uh way and I think I sort of inherited that you know I want to have everything taken care of because he sort of mixed this very generous spirit with being like uh, a slightly obsessive person right. and I'm not really obsessive but I did kind of I want to just make sure it's all worked out. But and that on, everyone fe- like what's on the other side of that though? Is it people arguing? Is it mom and dad fight? I'm not trying to be too sure. like cheap shrink here. No, I'm just no. saying I became a bit of a ham and a showman making haggis jokes because of the tension at my dining room table. You know, what I you know mean? what you mean. I was definitely um, there was a time my dad mellowed out when I was like 12 or 13 he was you know just an older italian dude who you know had a very different uh attitude than i never me. realized silvestri was italian yeah it sounds so silly it, it just sounds like a comedy last name where's you max from it, you, comedia right exactly <laughs> you don't um, you don't hear the silvestri my full name is maximilian silvestri i mean it's a very comical uh <laughs> maximilian name. silvestri my middle name is actually shaft my full name is maximilian shaft silvestri oh my god it's like a ukrainian family name that's fantastic uh do you love inglorious bastards where they go think on maximilian i do actually yeah. i have such a childlike anytime there's like a maximilian <laughs> or and actually gabe Levin and i were talking this morning on hannibal this week a show we really like yeah the uh the villain of the week or the like bad guy of the week is named sylvester and they keep Ooh. calling him mr sylvester that never happens yeah, on yeah, tv yeah, they yeah. just don't use that character. yeah 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 um, it's a thrill, though. It's fun. I, 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 is it a coincidence that I love Sherlock Holmes? I love Sherlock Holmes. Didn't you tweet, what's the jacket budget on on Sherlock? <laughs> I don't know if I did. I mean, that sounds like something I would say. I, think I love Sherlock that. a lot. I think you tweeted, what's the jacket budget <laughs> on Sherlock? I'll laugh and take credit for it, but if anyone writes in saying it was them, I'm really I, well, sorry. Well, whoever it was, I retweeted it, and I loved it. Because <laughs> they have some fantastic... And scarves. Oh, my God, they do. They're they all over it. Actually, also the show Luther, which is a similarly contemporary British crime Drama. Yeah, I like bought a wool Wait, overcoat thing because oh. Idris Elba had such a good looking coat in it. Sure, uh, and I was just like, man, he Is just it? can make anything work with that coat. There's nothing better than a good coat. Tell me about it. Pockets. That's why I like the East I Coast in winter because I love. Layers. Ah, but you can be a jerk here and wear L.A. jackets, right? Which and light jackets are nice. Is, I love a light jacket. Yeah. 
Like not a member is only jacket, but like near, like similar in lightness. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, if on a scale of lightness, <laughs> it's a member's only, not appearance. I almost asked a young gentleman on my plane today where he got his jacket because I'm always on the eye, I'm always on the lookout. <laughs> Expanding nice, where you shop, it's tough, yeah, you know, because you get into ruts. I you're like, I want to, yeah. like, I would fit you. Where is this? <laughs> it's such a weird thing to ask. <laughs> I noticed what you're wearing. I haven't seen it. Where is it? I couldn't do it. That would have been, a, again, fear. That's another start of a short story. It goes back to the adventuring thing. <laughs> but tell me, so your dad calmed down. He's, he's, he's Mr. Silvestri. Yeah, and he just sort of calmed down. I think that I probably, I mean, he I'm was an only child. Chef? What's that? No, no, no. He oh. just, I'm saying like he had this oh, sort of okay. Italian, sorry, sorry. you know, cook only? all the time, have people over. Ah, yeah. um, but uh, he sort of was really high strung. And then he just kind of like relaxed when I was a teenager, but definitely me making jokes all the time was a bit of like, yeah. you know, I was an only child. It was basically either I just sit there with my parents. And we had like sit down dinner every night. I'm picturing you in the most classic Italian upbringing. <laughs> There's salami, and he's like, I made man a goat. And you're sitting there in like kind of like those old, almost barber shirts that used to dress very Everything was weirdly too short, you know, and like my hair is just like pulled back, suspenders. Yes, that's it. So we're powdering each other all the time, you know, just so much sweat and powder, yeah. They're carving out things from a wheel of cheese. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's been a good week. Got paid in cheese again. He he sings it. Uh, You, dad, calming... But so you're not saying necessarily it was like a tense environment. No, not at all. High strung. No, I mean I just. I mean I thought jokes were a lot more fun to talk about than whatever like stresses that parents had. They weren't fighting with each other. It was just sort of like you know they're they're parents, and when you're younger, your parents are not as settled and things aren't you know so they're like arguing about money or jobs or whatever and it was just sort of like that's boring to me i'm 10 years old right uh at the time i i actually i got really into stand-up um like i'm not one of those guys that you know had bill cosby records or richard Pryor or was like a student of comedy like i didn't listen to good comedy on records i basically just watched the weird those like shows that the comedy channel and high used to have uh, which were just stand-up clips broken up. Like, there'd be a 30-minute show right. where they'd be like, now's a segment on smoking, and it'd be like oh, six short comics doing... Oh, theater. Exactly, stuff like that. And they had one called Stand Up, Stand Up. But a lot of that was, like, bad comedy. but um, Or at the very least, comedy I didn't understand. You know, so I'd right. come down trying to repeat like a Bobby Slayton bit about yeah, divorce yeah, yeah. when I was 10, like right. not understanding It's like it. those evening at the improvs. I was obsessed with getting those, and those were best of clips. Yeah. And you'd have like one joke from Seinfeld. Yeah. They took the Seinfeld and knew he was a draw and chopped it into like 15 With all videos. these other like smaller guys. So yeah, because the they would have guy. fancy stuff, and then there would be videos on these shows that were also just from the back of a club. You know, like the camera at the back of, oh, uh, yeah. you know, Catch a Rising Star well, or something. That's, that's my understanding. That's what Bud Friedman, like, figured out. Really? Is that, like, he could just sell those things. Because that like, would never fly now with well, anybody. the the old Laugh Factory uh, uses video. Every time you right. perform there, it puts a video out. And right. if you tell them not to, I perform there, and I tell them not to, and they won't. Are they and nice about that? Yeah, they're nice about it. I mean... I'm not trying to sound like Mr. Big Shot, but they're nice about it to me. I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine that they're. Well, why am I assuming that they're not nice? To other people? <laughs> I like that the way also you look at that, and I know that 
I'm sure they are being respectful to you, you or uh, Mr. Big Shot, but also <laughs> someone being like, the Laugh Factory never cares. <laughs> right. I don't want any, like, uh, they clearly, they're just like, no, it's fine if we don't record you. It's, well, that comes later in life is the idea that even putting clips of you just working out at the Laugh Factory online is selling advertising. Like, there's, there's ba- banner ads. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure that out. If you're like, and I love college humor, yeah. but when you're in a college humor video, you're participating in like an advertisement, basically, yeah. uh, for the site, and the site sells advertising. I was just going to go and sells what? Sells <laughs> Wait, advertising. So how does that place make money? <laughs> See that, but I mean, like it's they right in front of you, tees, yeah. and it's so <laughs> and it's so obvious. Yeah, but it took me so long to realize that like uh, people are people are making money off. Uh, yeah, someone uh, like GQ or something sent me an email last week saying, "Oh, are you around to like be in this video on Sunday?" Did the email smell like mahogany and cologne? <laughs> exactly, they were grassy notes. So I was like, "This is nice. This could be my spring scent." <laughs> But they they said, you know, can you come and do this video with this NBA draft? He's going to teach you basketball tricks. I was like, sure. What's the rate? And they were like, oh, you know, no, yeah. we don't have budget for a host. I was like, you clearly have a budget for everything else, I, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and you're but not making this for Look, fun. it's not as bad as Bud Friedman, but I think Bud Friedman was the first one that got wise, to, or one of the fir- biggest ones that got wise, the idea that people who are pursuing their passion will do things for the experience. Sure. And if you benefit in the meantime, what am I, starting an empire here? But I mean, like, if we benefit in the yeah. meantime, man, I go. Everybody gets a little, you know, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where actually if they'd sent me that email two years ago, I would have been like, sure, that sounds like a blast. Exactly. I would do that for free. The phrase, what's the rate, didn't come into my vocabulary until I think recently. Yeah. What does that pay? Yeah. So no, this does sound fun. <laughs> anyway, please write a number in your Yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. It is fun. And it, is, and it can be fun. Yeah. Um, you, so you're a child and you like joking around and you're watching these short attention span theaters and stuff so i like repeated a lot of stand-up you know verbatim like these jokes i would hear where i was to who did my parents like at dinner that was i mean i wasn't like a naturally <laughs> i wasn't coming up with my own bits at <laughs> no 10 years but it's old. very funny that you... yeah and my and i would be like wait start over and like forget parts of it i obviously i was not a natural yeah. mimic or whatever yeah, sure, and sure, sure. i'm just telling these jokes that probably have punchlines that i don't even get. understand yeah yeah, yeah. And, but they do and so i'm sure right. it's just uncomfortable right, right, all the time right. God, I have I have memories of the first stand-up that I saw, and I saw this guy that was, uh, he was like honking at a guy. In f- so there's two cars in front of him. Somebody's doing something jerky. Yeah. The guy's honking, and then the car in front of him was like, what? And he's like, no, 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 I'm honking around you. <laughs> and the crowd responded in this huge way that I was like, I'm not getting something. I've thought about I've st- I still think about it. I was like, it had to have been a callback. Because he closed on it. You wouldn't close on like, I'm honking around you. (laughs) Or maybe you would. The 80s were a different time. He said it so confidently. So you used to do the bits and your parents would laugh? Yeah, I think they were supportive of it, or I was enough in my own little world where I didn't care that they were, you know, rolling their eyes as soon as I wasn't looking at them or whatever. But they were always into it, you know? Yeah. And then what was the next shape that it took? The like, the enjoyment of comedy, you mean? I mean, like, what the, again, I'm always trying to force people down my path. So yeah. I'll just answer the question first. Is when I started like being interested in uh, funny things, joke books and all that sort yeah. of stuff. I'm talking like real early stuff. Yeah. The next step was actually like magic and stuff. Like I started doing like little pranks. I was obsessed with the fake egg thing yeah. that you'd leave on someone's. Oh, no, there's an egg on my desk. <laughs> like what was the next I know what you mean. I, and Because I, I had been <clears> – there had been this joke book that I'd made my parents buy me when I was in like second or third grade that was like a thousand and one something or other. Yeah. And – I was like my favorite type of comedy was one race joke. <laughs> exactly, it was like a Milton Berle penis joke book. Uh, I uh, and like my favorite Burly genre. Legal? <laughs> you know, 
Milton Berle's Burly Legal. Legal, Which is also weirdly a modern, like, Atlanta hip-hop reference. Like, it's really complicated that this book was out 20 years ago. Um, It's getting Burl and Hurl. (laughs) It's getting Burl and Hurl. That's the follow-up. You know what's weird is, as out of touch as I am, I got that. I got that. I I understood that it was getting... That's as in touch as I am, and that's a thing from, like, four years ago. We found it. We found our limit. You're a Mac guy now? Cool. Uh, (laughs) So I, like, got into joke books and then got into stand-up, and I sort of, I guess, like, stepped away from it a bit in high school, but then I was... Why? Girls? No, I don't know. I just I was definitely like liked being funny. I certainly I was not too busy with girls in high school. Yeah, just crazy. Just like all the finding places to fingering took so long. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. No, I uh, still not completely clear on how to finger somebody. Where is the opening? Help me. If you're at their asshole, you've gone too hard. Too far. <laughs> That's uh, that I know. I sh- and then I reveal that I'm wearing makeup and I have a black eye. <laughs> I know that. Don't ask me how. Pete was wearing eye makeup the whole time. <laughs> and I could obviously see he had eye makeup on. It was so strange. Uh, and then later I wipe off the black eye. I had it in layers. I thought you were joking about that you, you would wipe off eye makeup and you had an eye patch on. And that's why you couldn't tell the depth of where the vagina was. And I, I was like, why would you put eye makeup that. on over an eye patch? Can I tell you a misunderstanding story that will make that sound like brilliant? Uh, sure. I saw a sign. Uh, lately I've just been feeling, it's, it's fine. I was in therapy today, and I was like, this is just what's happening. It's fine. I'm a little bit foggy. Lately, I've been a little bit foggy for the past couple months, uh, month, like one month. Sure. So I saw this sign that said, uh, did I tell this story? Katie, I'll be so embarrassed. We'll take this out if I did. It said, open house. It was on an apartment building. It said, open house, 10 to 4. Okay? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I saw that, and my first thought, it wasn't comedy. I go, so they show between 10 and 4 units? <laughs> Because like, it didn't say 10 to 4 p.m. or anything. I was like, why wouldn't they say 4 to 10? And why don't they just show all the units they have sure. available? That was the biggest misfire of my brain ever. You should see, like, a, like get a CAT scan or something. <laughs> After that, that is CAT scan worthy. That's, like, concerning. You're like, God, real estate people are so optimistic. They, they open with the 10 and then go to 4? Anywhere from have, 10 down to 4. at least 4. Or they're pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. People are always leaving. It's inclusive Roman style counting. It means 9 to 5. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry. I derailed you for that. I don't remember what I was. Oh, um, fingering. No, yeah. I just, uh, I mean, I went to like a very jock-centered high school. It was like a prep school where in are England. Where are we? In Massachusetts. Where? Uh, it was called St. Mark's. St. Mark's where? So there's a lot in Southborough. Southborough? Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> You want to talk about Boston accents with me? No, no. I'm very, I, I didn't move to Massachusetts until I was in fifth grade. I can't do a good Massachusetts oh, accent. Mine's fake, too. I mean, you, you can do it. Aren't, you're sort of from Newton, right? No, no, no. I, I appreciate you clumping me in with all the funny comedic people from Newton. I uh, thought you have some sort of background. No, I'm in... from Lexington. Lexington. Okay, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 There's a lot of funny people from there, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you moved to Southboro. Yeah, and I was at, so I went to this prep school that was very, everyone like played lacrosse and looked a certain way, and I did sure. not quite fit in but the way i did was by being funny and mean i was like just a mean funny kid oh you were mean yeah Cutting. yeah yeah i was like i was like oh i'll be a bully to fit in with these are we kids. doughy what's that you're I'm no not yet and i was college doughy i wasn't really oh you uh, got doughy late yeah yeah a late bloomer yeah i mean oh. i wasn't like uh in good shape but i was uh 
No, no, I was I just understand. a very pale, skinny kid. Um, For those of you not looking at Max right now, you used to be doughy. When I, did, I first yeah, met you, sure. you were very doughy. I was 25, 30 and pounds I'm, heavier. I'm fighting the urge to only talk about nutrition, which sometimes <laughs> sometimes I get shit for talking about that too much. You talk show. about whatever you want, Pete. This is your I know, podcast. I'll make a fucking You make a weird one you want. Joke. That's goddamn right. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, I'll burn the whole barn down. But then at the end of high school, I like realized I went to visit um, – the college that I went to uh, for like a pre-frosh type weekend and just realized they had all this pre-frosh uh, like it was uh, for accepted kids, but kids still in high school. So it was like your chance that to like come for a weekend. So there was it was filled with so, college seniors. OK, um, to like party and hang out the school. And it was like, you know, terrifying. Yeah, but terrifying. But also that's what everyone there was doing was like sure. nervous and staying in dorms and feeling crazy and yeah. drinking for the first time yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yes. But I just found out there was all this comedy going on. Like you could just you could write for the humor magazine and I like knew it and I saw like a stand up group perform it was this weird thing where they had all these <laughs> two of whom were Jordan Carlos and Matt Goldich they were seniors whatever happened to those guys <laughs> <laughs> they were on the team it wasn't a team there was a group but for the purpose of this weekend and they all did stand up like you know at places as normal stand-ups, but for the purpose of this weekend, they're like, how can we put on a show to entertain the pre-frosh? We'll do a thing where we all like stand on stage and tag-team jokes. Oh, okay. So there was... I don't even know if they handed a mic, but literally there were seven or eight guys up there. I've done there. shows like that where you tap them out or whatever. Yeah, and it was it worked. I mean, they each did. We're doing like 45-second chunks, and it, yeah. it was yeah. really funny. So yeah. I saw that, and I saw like improv and read this humor magazine stuff, and I was like, oh, you can do this I feel like this college. is you. The, it's the movie screen, and it's black, and you're walking. You know, but when they're filming it, you're obviously on a treadmill, but we can't see the treadmill. <laughs> and, like, instead of, like, Vegas signs, we're seeing, like, improv, Matt Goldich's huge <laughs> comedy face. It literally <laughs> was like that. I skipped all the classes we were supposed to. Like, we, were, you, you know, there was a night of partying or whatever, and then there was a day of classes you could sit in on yeah. to get an idea. I literally didn't go to any classes that weekend, but I had gotten all these like the the college humor magazine uh oh, cool. co- free copies of it at like the expo they had and yeah. like sat in some cafeteria like eating pizza and drinking soda by myself like reading these magazines and i'd never uh, read like a like a lampoon anything that was a yeah, humor magazine yeah, yeah. so i was just sort of like astounded yeah how smart it was and that you could just do like this. adult too right like a very it adult like it was like very literary and uh sounded like grown-ups making jokes about stuff they really understood, you yeah. know, as opposed to, like, parroting what you thought comedy was from right, TV. It was right, like, right, wow, right. I never would think about this. So, so I, the, I got very excited early. by, like, oh, wow, I can just go to college and do comedy. And then I was my graduation speaker uh, and gave a funny speech. Oh, you were your graduation speaker? I was my graduation speaker. speaker. Um, yeah, I was a valedictorian, but not through grades. They just sort of voted on it at my school because they didn't do <laughs> rankings, and I was the only one that you really just, wanted to do it. You I, drew lacrosse balls at the face you wanted to give the speech. Exactly, yeah, it was yeah. you and Bono. <laughs> um, so I gave like a funny, <laughs> funny speech, and I was like, oh, that's a blast. I really want to do, do that. Do you remember anything you said? Man, it was like a lot of... Um, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I couldn't... No, I, I remember it being a lot of really uh, writerly, you know, stuff like I was sort of parroting from like strangers with candy or weird, like, you know, you know, I have like three points to make, like one, blah, 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 C, that, you know, like yeah, it's yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that yeah. that were like yeah. clearly from like uh, Home Alone and like all, what, like it was just right. such a like mash together of joke type things from Tommy Boy yeah. and, you know, Comedy Central and all this sort of stuff. All where we learned all of this. Exactly. Over, like um, the Simpsons too. I have Yeah, the Simpsons, exactly. Dumb yeah. and Dumber, all that. Yeah. And uh, it just like went well and people were really, like I had this English teacher I hated and she's like, you 
she's like, that was so funny. You could be a writer for Seinfeld someday. Uh, and like Seinfeld was already off the air. It was like such a weird, encouraging thing. Uh, um, but I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to do this when I get to college. Uh, th- you're just making me think of backhanded compliments. This guy in college, and I went to a weird Christian college. I think you knew that. Yeah. Uh, I wrote I wrote for the newspaper as well, and I was really trying to like fuck the man and really go against the school and be really iconoclastic and uh-huh. all that stuff. And then I did stand up. I did the most white bread stand up in my chapel for wow. this like talent competition. Was it the first time you'd done? Uh, it was one of the first times I had ever done it. I think maybe it was the second time I did it. And I had like I remember some of the jokes. I, it was like about how uh, Jeep Wranglers don't have doors, <laughs> like have removable doors. And this is so Seinfeld. But I go, I've never been in my car and been like, you know, I love this car, but these guys. God damn, I couldn't say goddamn doors, yeah. but I said these dang doors. <laughs> and the te- they keep the elements out. <laughs> I, and like, so it was bad. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. It's okay. You, know, you, know, I you had a voice that. already. I had Seinfeld's voice. <laughs> I still, I also had like, voice. I was obsessed with a uh, fox on your face. I was like, if I drove through the woods without doors, that's a guaranteed fox on your face. That's a good turn of phrase. For it's, a not kid. it's not bad. Yeah. It's not, it's well, not, let's just talk about how great, how great this it was. was. I will, I will say it's for funny. 10 minutes. Oh, sorry, what's the backhand the, compliment the, though? The, he goes, because he, he was trying to put down an article that I had just written about how chapel shouldn't be mandatory that was very like, I can't believe that was like divisive at the time. Uh, is that, am I using that word right? Divisive, dividing the camp. Yeah. into like two groups sure. and then he was like but uh, you know that stand-up he did that was actually funny and i was like so i was like you know appreciate that it was my <laughs> racquetball instructor but that's still that's nice i will say not to make it weird this early but that you please um i feel like you're you can be the king of the backhanded compliment really tell yeah. me yeah um and in a way that, oh i love this um <laughs> i feel like when i it was this years ago maybe like three years ago or something um you did a show in new york i think you'd already moved but um you, oh no no it was like it was <laughs> nice but i remembered it stuck in my cross so much but oh, you were like no you were like no i really uh you said like i like that was the first time i really could like see what your voice is which was a nice thing it yes. was like i was like wow i, think I, I remember saying this but then you said like i could like i could write for you now which is a nice thing, but also in my head I was like, oh, there's like a weird element of like, I get it so much that oh. I, I as a jokesman could like, I've cracked your code wow. and I could just like give you material. This is the moment where I would admit it if, if that's what I meant. That's absolutely not what I meant. No, and I know you didn't, but yeah. like that I was still like, oh, that's so nice, like Pete Holmes. And then he still... I didn't say your full name in my head. I just said <laughs> Pete. <laughs> my friend Pete. Pete Holmes was Twi- at the show. Twisted the knife a little bit. Liked my voice, but that's he could... not so bad. No, I didn't say bad. It wasn't bad. I just I mean, like I couldn't remember it, Pete. It was three years later, so whatever we want to talk you about. You made me think of something else. I had a, I just you gave me. And a... then also on this podcast that you that you said that I that I look good now, but gay good. I feel like that's a similar. Every time I look on Instagram and I see a photo of you, I go, I didn't know I had so many wonderful gay friends. <laughs> I like. There's no judgment in it. Like I'm not even trying to I be know. like. I'm like upsetting anybody. I know you're not. I go, who's this gorgeous gay man? <laughs> and, and who's this girl he's holding? Ironically, what is that? Are they friends? We're gal pals. Yeah, we got some gal pals. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. We can get to that. We last time I did your show, we were in the stairwell, which was backstage, just yeah. talking about your exercise. This is just what I want to talk about. I, know, I, know. I just want to know what people this is are your doing. space. This That's is, right. And your fans know it's your space. Well, I would yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. What I was gonna say, um, I remember 
seeing you at Rafifi, which now is such a special memory for me. It is, Those yeah. crowded Rafifi nights yeah. filled with all just comedians. Rafifi yeah. was this place in uh, the East Village uh, of New York. It was on 11th Street between 1st and 2nd. Now a Buffalo Exchange vintage store. Is that what it is? Yeah. That kind of breaks my heart. It's sad. It used to be a video store, mm-hmm. kind of. Like video, like it had old videos to rent. But cinema also, classics. Yeah, cinema classics, yeah. but also like would show art house stuff, mm-hmm. I think. You know, when it first was starting to do comedy, the rest of the nights were like, tonight is like right. weird old vampire movies. Right, right, right. Thing. And then we slowly, I say we, but yeah. it was like a group. We yeah. slowly took over and yes. every night. And it was like Jesse Klein and Nick Kroll for yeah. a while. And then it was Melanie and mm-hmm. Kroll for a while. And uh, and then you, was it, did you start doing a show there? I had a show there. Gabe and Wasn't Jenny had a show there. Greg Johnson had one Sunday. Yeah, Greg's was Friday. There was always a sketch oh, group on Sunday. Friday was like, the bad night. Yeah. Still hate Friday. Still hate Saturday. Friday, like, it was always so fun, though, because it turned... Like, people would be hanging out because it was Friday night, so right. the show would be whatever. But then it would turn into this crazy scenester party called Trash. So we uh. would still be at the bar, and suddenly there'd be a doorman and, like, a line out the door oh. with kids wearing, like, mesh netting, rock and roll, eye makeup. And it was just, like, crazy, cokey club kids would come in. Wow. So it was always just such a blast to be, like, hanging out with, you know, a bunch of other... There you, know, you go. There's some adventure. Com- it was really Oh, fun, yeah. I see. And like it would come in and join you. So as yeah. opposed to like I would never go to that party on my right, own, but somebody right. I would be at this insane yeah. weird dance party. And I would never uh, – if the – like doing the show and then having some sort of gathering happening afterwards. That's what New York is so good at. Yes. And that's what's missing. This is this – is, we're at Meltdown, which, which is like the Rafifi of yeah. the West Coast, I suppose. But here we are like when Meltdown ends – most of the people are gone already. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not really a central. I mean, you know, there's the place behind, but it's like not like everybody just, you can assume. Yeah. If I was a comic living in LA, I wouldn't show up at Meltdown at like 1115 expecting to find people still hanging out, which right. like Rafifi was the case. You right. Know? Even if you had other shows, you might still end up there. Right. Knowing that, you know, uh, Mulaney and Kroll show was finishing up or Invite Them Up was having yeah. their, you yeah, know, yeah, which yeah. was such a nice thing. I mean, the God, first you're making me summer New in New York, York yeah. I must have spent five days a week at Rafifi. I mean, yeah. that's how I sort of got to know everybody. That's how I met you. Yeah. And well, I, what was the story you were going to tell? I mean, I love stories. About oh, myself, I, you so. know, and I do too. And if you have any more, hit, <laughs> hit, <laughs> hit me. But I, I want to share this memory first is I used to do Sweet at the Slipper mm-hmm. Room. And then the great feeling of, and this is just such a New York thing. And this, uh, you know, I kind of of late have been talking about how New York isn't really a thing currently. Yeah. Like being glad that I'm here. Yeah. And then like I look back at New York and, and there, there were those like perfect summer nights where you do Slipper Room, which is on like, um, what is that? Uh, it's like Rivington and... Uh how, it's it's just south of the house. Though. Yeah, yeah. So you'd finish that show, and then I remember like, oh, and who's at Rafifi tonight? You just walk the ten blocks, yeah. and then walk into a party where you know everybody. What am I describing? Heaven. It's yeah. like comedy heaven. It was and the there's best nothing, thing in and the world. it's crazy for all the places that popped up. There's nothing yeah. like that. There's no feeling like that in New York yeah. for that scene. I mean, I'm sure there are people that do clubs often. Yeah, can have that. You know, they're yep. popping around. Yeah. More uptown clubs, and you do have that, and they do hang out, or even the cellar or something. But right, that sort of right. alternative community that could just that we, we had that, yeah. and like Liam McEnany's show yeah. was around there, and just the walking around. I, I just loved it. it My so story nice. about you is I remember being at um, Rafifi, and <laughs> this was so long ago yeah. that I actually remember Seven judging years. you a little bit. That's okay. No, no. No, hear me out here. You you won't even think it's that great. (laughs) What I mean is don't get too excited. 
we were talking about Xanax, and you were like, oh, yeah, it's great. I, I just got it because I had, like, this bad plane ride. So this means I was so married at the yeah. time. I was like, yeah, Xanax. And then you just assumed I meant as a recreational drug. And I remember <laughs> Christian married Pete was kind of like, who's this riffraff Max <laughs> Silvestri taking prescription drugs inappropriately? And now – you know, I don't do it often, but I, you know, I did. I did this month. Like I've taken like half a Xanax sure. at a party or whatever. When you just feel like uh, shitty or whatever, or don't feel social. That was right of you to judge me. I was also like drinking and partying way too much back then. Well, that, I wrote down cocaine. Didn't you used to do a lot of cocaine? No, no. Oh, really? No, no. Okay, I don't know where I got that. No, no. <laughs> I joke about it a lot, but that is was that not, where, maybe yeah, where yeah. I got that? Yes. Well, I have written, and there some was, there were, there were. I mean, I've done it, and there were people that were doing it a lot there, but I was never like doing it. At were time. people doing it a lot at Ravivi? Yeah, just had no idea. Yeah, it's not a good drug, though. We agree on that. I totally agree on that. I yeah. mean, like it fucks people up. Yeah. Can I ask you this without yeah. getting specific? Are some of the people that are just wonderful that we kind of you know who these people are? Yeah. I don't have to mention names yeah. or whatever. It's like why aren't they doing more? Is it sometimes things like cocaine? Is it sometimes things? I don't know. No, the only people that I knew were doing it all stopped and don't have mm. are all doing great. I mean, maybe wait, wait, doing great, doing other things. You mean? Yeah. No. Are you are you talking about like the comics we knew that? I'm wondering if it set their life off the rails. Oh, I wonder. Um, That's not really the case. No, no, I mean, I wasn't, no, I wasn't, like, doing it with people or anything, you know? It's not like I knew other comics that were... I'm wondering about the people that continued to do it, you know what I mean? It must have set a bunch of life, lives off the rails. Yeah, I, right? I, I mean, that's so. kind of after-school special of me, but I've always been afraid of that drag that I would enjoy it, I guess. Yeah, but I think anyone that, like, it's so gross that if you, like, keep enjoying it, then you have other problems. What do you mean? The lifestyle associated with it? Not the lifestyle, it? I just, like, the feelings around it are pretty heinous while you're on it yeah yeah it's like i mean there's there's certainly a high but then there's just like such a shitty part of like how you know you are when you're on it that if you like don't mind being terrible then you've got like a lot of problems right you know because it makes you awful yeah exactly it makes you so awful. socially awful yeah well that goes back to what you said about xanax you were like it's just great you don't feel up or down you just feel chill <laughs> And you definitely looked like you were on it yeah. at the time. Like, I don't. Th- I don't think I've only ever taken Xanax like two or three times. So I don't know why I had uh, such tables of turn confidence about it. Judge me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even know if I'd taken it at that point. Also, yeah. But I might have just been like drunk and lying and acting like I knew what I was talking about, which is. So, I was pretty terrible back then. So. Is it what, so? What happened? Did you hit some sort of bottom? You're not. You don't seem that way anymore. No, I know. I didn't hit a bottom. I just sort of stopped. You just took it easy. Yeah. You pulled the nose up. Yeah. And stopped booze. It's a hard thing. I mean, it was always more booze. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I. That's that's what I meant when I said it's a hard thing. I, I like not drinking in this line of work can be difficult. Yeah. And sometimes I don't understand how people do it. And then like what'll happen for me is I'll go like a week without drinking. I'm like, this is great. I feel great. And then like uh, you go to a festival, and for some reason, just because you're in another city, yeah, you're like, I'll have a bucket of chicken. And uh, <laughs> how many bottles of scotch do you have? You got four. Okay, I'll take. That's all. something I like really am needing to adjust to. Like I've. Only in the last few months been like traveling a lot more, yeah, uh, like all the time, kind of. And I still for work, and I still treat <clears throat> traveling like a vacation. Even yep. when I'm working for yep. an hour, or whatever, a night, I still am just like, well, you know, I'm going to the airport for like a one nighter show or something, and I'm like, right. well, I'm going to have a crazy lunch and like a pint of beer at eleven yeah. thirty yeah. and eat something disgusting. When and that is, drink on the pl- you know, that's your office. Yeah, yeah, you're drinking. I'm like, no, f- I could just be a human and like write a bit, nap, catch up on some reading, but instead, I'm right. just like, you know going to feel disgusting all the time that's what's weird is is our parents who are so lame 
or just like the idea of parents, forget our parents, just like parents, grown-ups, being boring people. It took a lot of effort to get that boring. Like, you know what I mean? It takes like restraint to yeah. like learn to like end your evening with a book instead of like brandy. <laughs> Absolutely. Like took discipline. My mom's like kind of a quiet, boring lady and I know that she like realizes that that's a choice yeah. that she made. Worked hard to get yeah. to that quiet, boring. I just today was like, I got to like, why don't I end my night with reading? It's so boring. It'll put me right to sleep. <laughs> like, it'll be great. I read a lot of trashy, um, like genre fiction stuff to fall asleep. Grisham and whatnot. Grisham. I read like, um, <laughs> there's like a certain genre of like adventure novels that have like guy protagonists that their character traits are that they're perfect, you know? Like, it's just like these the very... Like the Bourne books. Kind of like the Bourne books, um, but even those have more flaws. Like, stuff like Clive <laughs> Cussler books, which is... Like, the movie Sahara with Matthew McConaughey and oh, Penelope right. Cruz. It's it's a crappy movie. It was based on... But basically, it's just this, like, impossibly good-looking character who's, like, his father's a senator, he's rich, he's, like, an adventurer, and the problems in the novel are that women like him too much and he like, like honorized. he discovers things too quickly you know like it's just there's never <laughs> I found any, it yeah there's no internal struggle it's just like yeah. he continues to move forward until yeah. one problem is solved and he moves on to the next you know and I it's, find that very like pleasing that there's no it's, nuance to these characters it's really funny that you say that because uh, one of the questions that I, I like to ask that I haven't been asking really recently is uh, but you just kind of answered it is a sleep ritual the things that I like to fantasize about as I'm falling asleep are often like alpha perfect like perfection sort of guys like uh, uh i've said this on the show before but the idea of being the greatest basketball player in the world it's oh great. god yeah when so, i was young and i mean even still now like i still think in i terms don't of give that. a shit about basketball or, or yeah. sometimes it's baseball i'll mix it up it doesn't matter i was ba- i remember when the scout came out which i didn't see till years later but just that's this movie with brendan frazier where he's this like south american or central american prospect that albert brooks goes to see who i go and can both see throw him. perfect like every every hit is a home run uh-huh. and every pitch is like a 110 mile an hour fastball yeah. you know like he was yeah. just like this perfect baseball player yes. and just being like obsessed with that idea just like imagine what my life would be if every time I went to the plate I hit a home run that's and, what I'm saying know, played both sides and yeah. that helps something about that helps your brain calm down and go to sleep yeah I know You're what like, you mean I'm the best I can shut it down <laughs> Uh, I used to, so I was into role playing games in high school, but I didn't play them. Like I liked the idea of it. I was sort of like a secret nerd ah. at home. Uh, I was like really into the internet, young, you know, in the late nineties. Before uh, it was cool. Before it was cool. Nerd. Yeah, yeah, really into it. But then at school, I was like, you know, hanging out with like these jockey kids and like being mean or whatever to fit in. <laughs> um, but so I didn't have anyone to role play with like i bought a source book or two like which are these source books are basically like the setup guides where it's sort of like this is how this works when you play it like here's how you make a character and like one person does this you roll the die to do that Uh. this is how you fight it like it's telling you how to play the game um but you need multiple people to then make that happen like one person has to be in charge and you have multiple characters but i never had that so i would i had this book that was like a superhero role-playing game called heroes unlimited and i would just make characters it's called unlimited but it's like <laughs> there are no marvel characters yeah. there are no, no yeah. dc no, characters it's, it's completely a generic non-affiliated or branded there's uh, a little asterisk very limited very limited <laughs> but you could it had like basically like you know 20 pages of powers 20 pages of weapons vehicles i know and i, I get just, it like w- with a dot like work out a character i was like okay this guy's gonna be invulnerable but still bright helicopters places yes, and you know he's yes. gonna be very rich yes. like just come up with these like idyllic fake things that you'll never play that i won't even use yeah, for anything yeah, it's yeah. not like i was like well i want to write a comic book one day or no, something like that i was I like it. i just like the idea 
of having this proxy yeah. <laughs> persona that yeah. is really good at everything. No, I love that. Yeah. And I, I completely get the idea of doing that. Do you think of those things as you're, as you're falling asleep, even if you don't read that? That's the weird question. And often what I get is I'll ask a friend this on the show. They won't have an answer. And then a couple days later, they'll be like, oh, I realize I do pretend I'm swimming incredibly fast. And that helps me fall asleep. I don't do that. Any, I don't really do that to fall asleep. I, I read those books just because they're sort of so poorly written <laughs> and so devoid of anything that like might create a connection or an interest that I fall right, asleep very right, quickly. Right, right, right. But uh, I te- the main thing I try to do is make lists before I go to bed. Really? Yeah, because the, 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 when I can't sleep is when I have anxiety about what the next day is. Being like, oh, I've got to do this and what am I right, doing with right, this? Right. But if I have like... If I've taken 10 minutes to like come up being like, oh, I don't have to call this and write this thing and do this, and then I have this, right. I, I'm fine. That's interesting. Yeah. I tend to not look at my day until the next day. You yeah. Know? Like I just, yeah, I can't do that. I guess, yeah. I guess this is like the planny thing. I mean, this is, what, yeah. you know. So when you don't plan, you do have anxiety, yes. I guess. Yes, and, but and, I'm trying to get over that. I'm trying to just be chill at all times. I just want to be chill. Yeah, but you can. No, can you? no, it's hard. It's hard to be chill. And are chill people successful? I don't know. Oh, no. Everyone I know that's successful. <laughs> is, you got to look like McConaughey if you're going to be that chill. Right, exactly. Everyone I know that's successful the script has such an anxiety about a million different things. Right. And I don't have a lot of anxiety. Um, well, isn't that a, a Like, I should have more? I don't know. Speaking about um, me being like, oh, I've been foggy, like mentally foggy sure. for a month. I'm like, I wonder if sometimes my brain just manufactures things to worry about. Like, kind of, and one of the basic ones is like, are you still funny? Do you still have it? So that you'll have something, you'll have like a, what are those things uh, that football players bash up against? You want something to push up against, like a fake dummy, like I'm a definitely, tackle dummy? D- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> tackle dummy. Tackle yeah, dummy. Yeah, exactly. I want something to push up against because it gives me something to work for and work towards and gives me like a fake goal. Yeah. I'll be like, I want to get sharp again. Right. When really, I mean like objectively, you could probably look at my brain and I'm exactly the same. But yeah. I'm like making these obstacles of course, yeah. to have something to I mean, it's so against. different than setting goals and right. you know, visualizing the sort of like what you want. Yeah, sure. To be or whatever. But I mean, like, your anxiety probably is helping you get what you want to be doing. Yeah, because I think, and then the anxiety is kind of a newer thing. I think in my 20s, I was, like, pretty happy with life. Interesting. In general. And I didn't really have a particular drive to, like, fight harder and work harder. Like, other people's successes didn't stress me out. And, you know, I sort of... I had sort of like this weird unearned confidence that I think you have to have to go into comedy at all. Where you're like, no, it is compelling that I share thoughts and yeah. I should do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that, I was just sort of like, oh, it'll all just work out. You know, right. it's fine. It's not now or whatever. Right. Um, so I like wasn't really anxious in that part of my life. But don't, like in the last couple of years, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of have to. Is it like just getting older, or did you just? Maybe it's getting older. It's just sort of like dealing with the realities of like, oh yeah, it's like you know you have to. Uh, keep fighting at it you can't just it's you know like the business doesn't work we're just eventually everyone has heard you be charming or whatever and that gives you money like you still have to kind of like there's some do something you know and i realized that you know i wasn't doing enough of it effort or whatever exactly put forward a little bit i think it's also intoxicating like this that really friendly enveloping scene which is nice i mean that's something about la that i find interesting is that i think or even what new york is now because now everyone I know is gone from New York. You know, yeah. like I hung out Friday night with like a dozen people at someone's house, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually the exact sort of hang I used to have in New York." Like two years ago, every single one of these people was in New York. Yeah, this is so crazy that they're all right here, and yeah. that New York has nothing. And I think now that there's not just sort of like this kind of warm 
womb of like other people that are working on things and it just like feels good and mutual and shared. Yeah. Which is like, you know, you sort of like get drunk on that, forgetting that just because people close to you are doing stuff that doesn't have anything to do with you. Right. Really. You right. know, but it just sort of feels good. And Rafifi and even the few years after kind of just felt like that. Right. Being like, yeah, it's all we're all slowly like percolating up or whatever and then you're like wait this is all still a completely individual ruthless we run into thing. the other problems so much more i feel like people need what you're what you're saying right now so much more which is that relaxed yeah. enjoying the moment enjoying the scene not thinking about the next thing yeah and we we often or you know i run into people on the show and, and, and off mic is the idea that people are just like constantly obsessed with where they're heading and what they're going to yeah. get and what other people are going to get but you actually were so chill yes hey there yeah. you go you're chill yeah that you need needed to turn up some of your own anxiety. Yeah, for real. I was just like, oh, I really need to just be intense about this and think was about it. Was it getting a lady? Did that help? No, because I always like had... Had girlfriends? Yeah, girlfriends. Uh, the occasional boyfriend? The occasional boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, at a certain point, it's like Shawshank Redemption. I try to beat him off as much. Sure. That's the phrase they use in Shawshank, beat him off, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? The ladies or whatever? Easy, fellas. Yeah. I'll beat you off <laughs> yeah. if I have to. I don't know if I've got the strength to beat you off tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm not just flapping my gums tonight. I'm going to use both my fists, and I'll end it with all of you on your knees. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> um, yeah, but I uh, – no, it wasn't that. I think I just sort of like got, got – to be honest, and uh, we, can, we can make it weird. A lot of it was that um, I sort of – I felt very tied into – I had a very comfortable day job for all my 20s. Oh, um, good dough. That was – it wasn't like that I was – the dough was good, but it was more that it was so flexible. Thank you for saying dough. The dough, yeah. The dough was good, Pete. <laughs> But it was also that it was so it was flexible enough that I still felt like, oh, well, I'm doing a bit of touring and I'm still like working on a pilot here or there. Like it still sure. felt like I was working hard toward comedy, yeah. but realizing like, oh, I don't really have to struggle to pay my rent or to figure out like if I want to say no to something and not right. work on a comedy project for six weeks, two months, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of realized that that was like short term nice, but obviously bad so i got rid of the job um and realized like oh yeah you just can't do that right forever well that was that uh there's that line in funny people where adam sandler is talking about like uh if i quit my job i'll be broke he's like be broke get funnier yeah it was actually eugene that that said we were at like a party i feel like a year ago (laughs) and uh eugene had just tried whiskey for the first time and so he was kind of feeling crazy uh and me too i was like this is nuts i can't believe people drink it all the time uh no we were at the we were at this party and uh, he was, you know, I've known Eugene since Boston. He had already moved when I started in Cambridge in college, but he would come back enough that I would, you know, had like hung out with him a ton. And I sort of really looked up to him. And he's always very nice when I moved to New York. What a great guy. He's the nicest. Um, but he sort of was like, oh, you, he's like, that's crazy. You have a job. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to leave it. And, you know, I'm just sort of waiting for this things happening in a few months. It like kept being things like that where I was like, oh, I'm this project is going to sell then and that's when I'll quit. But then, you know, stuff falls through all the time. Right. But he was like, no, you just need to do it to have one hard year and then it'll be fine. Wow. And I was one like, Oh hard year. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I can put up with one hard year. Yeah. You know? I mean, I can put up with more than that, but it was just sort of like, Oh yeah. Like what, a, what am I afraid of? You yeah. know, like that it's, that I have to like worry about rent and do weird jobs. Like it's right. not that hard to figure out ways to make money when you're a you know comic and a writer. So it's not right. I was like, oh yeah, I'll have a hard year in New York. In New York, yeah. I'd like to point out in New York. Although New- there's ways to do it. There are other guys that uh, that scrapped it together other ways. What do you mean? <coughs> do you think it's <clears throat> much easier in New York? 
<coughs> I put my <coughs> hands up. <coughs> oh, sorry, I inhaled too pee. quickly. And no, some coffee went down the wrong way. <laughs> Epiglottal malfunction. Epiglottal malfunction. Um, um, do you, well, you're saying it's easier to... In New York, you can stay in town and, and scrap together a living <coughs> a lot easier than if you were in, say, Chicago, where you'd have to go like to Iowa and you know tour around. Of course, yeah. Nothing wrong with Iowa. I'm just... No, no. Also, <coughs> there's eight of us left in New York or whatever, so it's actually... Nowadays. Nowadays. Yeah. So you sort can, of it's like, oh, yeah. You can get I mean, one of those, uh, like a VH1 thing, maybe maybe a little bit easier. Yes. Not to put down the people that are currently doing it. Some of, no, them, no. Some of my best friends are on those shows currently. <laughs> oh, God. I've said too much. I'm just <laughs> kidding. But uh, so you're in New York, and, and One Hard Year is a perfect thing, because that's the siren calling you to the rocks. And, and, and Matt McCarthy was one of those guys. Yeah. That had a, like, again, it wasn't that he was, like, loaded. He was comfortable. Yeah. And, like, and he needed that Eugene Merman. He didn't get it from Eugene, but he got it later. That idea of, like... All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit this job and and be struggling for a year. Yeah, I guess it's scary because you think, what if it turns into five years and then ten years and then? And that's the thing is, I sort of had that fear, but I had a bit of a lot of anxiety from, <coughs> like my dad, uh, my parents always supported comedy. Like they're like, yeah, that's you're very funny and this is so cool. These things are happening, but I think they always supported that, especially my dad, with the caveat of, but you also have this thing, this day job that we can wrap right. our heads around. What was under- it? I was at uh, MoMA, the museum, oh. doing uh, IT stuff there. So you sort of always had this, uh, whatever, su- the support always felt to me, and I might have been like projecting or whatever, that it was, we support this knowing that we have this thing we understand, which is a career with like benefits and a retirement plan and, you know, blah, 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 that you've uh-huh. been doing for years. Um, so I always felt like, oh, I don't know how to like pitch them on, I mean, I'm, it was whatever, <clears throat> in my late 20s, like I don't need to pitch them on <laughs> what I'm doing, but I was like, oh, I don't feel like they would, it would, it would make them very anxious yeah. for me to like do this. Um, and my dad passed away a while ago and I was like, oh, like it was sort of after that realizing like, I think now, I think I was like afraid of like making him really stressed out. I was like, he didn't need this. Right. But sort of afterward, I was like, okay, now I think I can, I can do it, you know? And like yeah. my mom was really supportive of it and just being like, don't. Am I am I hearing you correctly that the idea that your dad uh, sorry to hear that by the way I didn't oh, know you. that uh, passing was actually uh, of course horrible but like it was a little bit uh, enabling that you a hundred percent I mean obviously it was very <clears throat> horrible but I think my mom and I had both sort of like been kind of maintaining a life to like keep him not stressed and like you know that sort of thing but my mom if I like I never would have moved across the country mm. you know with mm-hmm. you know his health getting worse and he was being older or whatever and it was like oh I'm not gonna like whatever my what I think could happen in LA that I could mm-hmm. do this mm-hmm. that's not more important than you know he they lived in Massachusetts they were like a three-hour drive away so I was never gonna like go across the country or do right. this because right. that would have been sort of selfish and pointless but sort of afterward it was like okay you know I can I need to do whatever I need to do, you know, and so, that's okay. Yeah, it comes up again and again. It, uh, people will have something uh, big and tragic happen. Uh, for me, it's not nearly uh, the same or, or I have not nearly as bad. I'm just going to go ahead and say. But getting divorced, then I was like, oh, it, it was almost like I wonder if it made you feel kind of like a grown up. You know yeah, what I mean, I mean it, there's certainly a part of it like that where I'm like, oh, I, <clears throat> like you, you, there's no <laughs> there's no larger thing that makes you a grown-up as yeah. like a son than losing a father you're like yeah. Oh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i guess that's just where i am now um, right but i think it was it was just realizing that I, I don't i don't know it was like being a grown-up but also just like knowing that you you can just sort of make your own choices mm. um and just being you know he was someone i wanted to keep happy um mm-hmm. and so i sort of now was like well i need to keep 
me happy, you know, I'm mm-hmm. nearly 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So you were, I mean, it sounds like you were a little bit afraid of what your dad thought about you, I guess. It was, no, he was, he thought the world of me. It was more that um, I was, I didn't want to stress him out. Right. I, I genuinely, like he was such a uh, I anxious. That's, my, that's what I was with my mother. The same thing. She thought, she thinks the world of me. Yeah. But like I was like, I couldn't freak my mom out and it, go to New York. Exactly. Like, I mean, he couldn't have been more, yeah. you know, impressed or in love with my talents or anything else. Um, yeah. But like he was so anxious and so you know kind of OCD about things that like the idea of he didn't understand a life where it's like no I'm going to do this job for six weeks and then mm. I don't know what I'm going to work on but maybe something will come up I mean what a comedian's life is uh, right. until they like I don't know <laughs> get a show picked up for a hundred episodes right, like, right, that's right, what right. it's always going to be right. it, it maybe gets a little more relaxed but it's constant anxiety and constant like not you know groundedness or whatever yeah. he couldn't understand that life i hope i hope you're realizing though that there is a middle ground between those two things that there that there's a, a plethora i'm saying plethora of uh, of comedians that nobody's ever heard of that are living comfortably you know what i mean oh of course yeah, you yes know this. yeah no you know I, and it this. wasn't about i think it's not the living comfortably yeah it's not it wasn't the money thing it was right. that just not knowing what the next thing what was. the next year it's is. like you falling asleep making a list yeah you got that from your your father your absolutely yeah the idea of, of just like oh you know i'll i'll do this and it'll figure it out how are you handling it then this this life good i was i was i was ready to be stressed by it so you 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 embrace the stress that you, you know i from. took i was like you know this is gonna be um this is gonna be hard and i'm gonna have a hard year and i'm gonna you know be nervous <laughs> was it was it hard no nothing, year? nothing's been hard <laughs> Great! It's been like the chillest time of my life, <laughs> and I—I I mean, all I can think is like, man, I wish I'd done this <laughs> sooner. sooner. But I mean, maybe it's good that I yeah, waited yeah, as yeah. long no, as you I did. did it it would have been harder. It. The year would have been harder earlier. Yes, yes. Um, but because I waited so long, I'm I like, oh, like this it. is such an easy adjustment. I've had like nothing but fun. I hope and people are listening <laughs> to this while they fall asleep because you're giving them the real life equivalent of your story where nothing goes wrong. Nothing goes wrong. I quit my job and everything was fine. Yeah, the day after I quit my job, I like you know went out. Like, it's just been perfect. But you had a support system. I See, did. that's the thing is you did the work. Yeah. What, am I praising you? No, I, I appreciate I am it. praising you. You did the work. You built up a community and an mm-hmm. infrastructure. Yeah. And there are people like Eugene. And, the, and, and Eugene's an inspiration to me, the way he treats his openers, the way he gives people work, the way yeah. he puts words in for yep. people. Uh, we still look out for each other. I, I just found out I'm doing like John Oliver asked me to do a stand. That that's a friendship thing. Yeah. That's a that's a grilled cheese and tomato soup after the show thing. Absolutely, and those things stay. Yeah, I'm not. It's not fake. I eat grilled cheese and tomato soup because I like those things and I like the company of comedians. Is maybe the main appeal of being in this job. Yeah, but then like we all realize we're in the wilderness. Yes. and if I kill two squirrels, you can have one. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at that. Really? I like that. And I think that it also like took me a while to realize that that sort of su- that uh intoxicating womb of support yes. that can be sort of like fake and delusional when you're starting out. And that just in the way that you realize like no, we all really have to figure it out and no one here is doing well enough to actually help right. anybody else, right, you know? Right, it's right, not like, right. "Oh, you're doing you're on this. Like, can you just You're all starving." Yeah, give me you know, there's nothing they can right. do, but actually like Later, those those sort of like friendships and networks right. stay forever. And then what happens is you – I hate to say pay it forward, but I'm about to say pay it forward. Yeah. You do. You become infected with that light. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. Eugene is, is somebody that gave it to me and gave it to you and keeps spreading it around. Yeah. And then hopefully – you know, you, I, I, you still hear stories and I love those guys that just have like folklore about them, about how good they are yeah. to their openers. And, and, and they give someone a shot and like I love that stuff. 
stuff. Somebody yeah. gave somebody gave me a shot. Somebody gave you a shot. Somebody yeah. gave you that little piece of advice that helped somebody, you know, pull vault the wall into like their weird hard year yeah. that isn't that hard. And they didn't have to do it, you know, like something like an opening tour or something like that. It would be easier to Right. You know, just always use the same person or, like, let yeah. the venue do it or something. Like, it ends yeah. up being more of a hassle to well, do this new Eugene thing. Does. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. He'll bring three openers, yeah. you know what I mean? Just because he's trying to help out yeah. three people and lose money on it. Yeah. And that's a privileged place to be. But, like, I, I just love stories like that. Yeah. It's hard enough out there. When people talk about all the cutthroat and how people are fucking each other over, I'm like... Yeah, I get that. And, and L.A. is a town like that, but not in the comedy scene that I know. Yeah. Not in the one that I go around. Like when, yeah. when people... Yeah, what's the long game in that? You know, when people... <laughs> for real, like yeah. people that are sort of... Thieves get things and, and ruthless. It sort yeah. of it works out in the short term where, you know, they got this and... But uh, they used to It's like this, a it's fable. Like, all those people like, so, you know, die off. They all yeah. disappear. Or they all end up like successful assholes that nobody cares about. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it's... I, and I don't... I don't know any of this story firsthand, but I just remember hearing when I was starting out, there was like certain bitterness in Boston over uh, like Dennis Leary going back like 20 years of Mm. this sort of story of he was, you know, in this scene with all these guys in like the early 90s, late 80s. He like went to London and suddenly became some sort of celebrity, you know, like had the show that was super well received and Uh kind of and he came back for this like triumphant theater show uh, in Boston and like did this hour and a half and like all these old friends that came out to support him like were their acts were strewn through his his thing i don't know if any of this is true this was oh, like you know wow. one of those like back room told and it's like yeah. what a what a crazy risk obviously it worked out with dennis leary i mean he's like so broadly successful right, that right. these guys that he burned in boston don't matter but like i mean I've that's heard- a one in a million <sighs> like if you just come back and are like, I'm a comic and you stole all these guys' act, right, like, right. that's so much more likely to go poorly for you, you know? I feel like that wouldn't work these days. I feel like the internet would just yeah, it, make it, that it would a thing. squash it. You know, I, I don't know, you don't know, neither of us know if that's true or yeah, not. I no I, idea. I've heard that story about other people, too, yeah. like about coming back to their, it, it's just like a horror story. Yeah. It may very well be true, but like I've heard that horror story just told where it's like, yeah. then he goes on the road and he gets famous with you a bit. Right. I've also heard the story of like someone doing Mulaney's closer on the road and like people calling him out. You couldn't do it anymore. Like someone yeah. would call it out from the audience. I know a friend that, uh, this is years ago that someone a friend offered him money for a bit that was like he was like i think it would go really well with some other stuff i Uh have and uh and he did and it like sold the joke he was over it and whatever it was sort of like was hacky at that point but he he got the impression that the friend had been doing that bit on the road for a while at colleges but was like kind of successful enough and knew Uh this other that he like now almost like retroactively purchased it so it was all interesting you know being like oh i would love to have this and it's like oh maybe you've Realizing the past, dabbling. how well it works together. He's trying you know? to do do the right thing. Yeah, no, and it was the, the right thing. The friend, the friend way. wasn't doing the bit anymore. Either. Yeah. So, uh, straight man who I think uh, has the dashing appearance of a good-looking gamer. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Uh, you know what I mean by that. I know. I know. And I was only. I, I know. I know. And I didn't. I call or text you or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, we're I, retweeting I made back and sure forth. It was, it was clear. Oh, that's how we. Did I was it. just we trying to make it weird early by referencing attention right. that's not even no, there. No, no, no. I know. But let's uh, let's talk about the girl. So you've had a girlfriend for a while now, right? Yeah, we've uh, been together for it'll be two years. That's fall. good. Yeah, and that's... we live together now. Oh, good. Yeah. When did you move in together? February. And how long had you been together at that point? I guess like a year and a half. 
So that's pretty quick. It was pretty quick. But yeah. in New York, I don't know. I remember uh, the girlfriends that I had in New York. It was like six months with the rent and with like <laughs> how much you're spending the time in the other person's place. Right, right. It's like this is just not making any sense. It's I true. bet everything happens faster. Yeah. I feel like relationships themselves blossom faster in New York by virtue of the what we were talking about, the community, the comedy community blossoming because you can walk from suite on a beautiful night yeah. up to 11th Street and get like four different kinds of food on the way yeah. and run into people that you know and get there. And relationships are the same way. Yeah. And I mean, uh, <clears throat> everything in New York is faster that way. She lived really close by. Oh, you know, you like go. if you lived in a different neighborhood in Los Angeles, like, OK, we'll hang out like right. two nights a week and right, we'll make right, plans right, and right. drive to somewhere. Right. Right. Like where are we staying or whatever. Oh, and you got to plan when the date ends. I've <laughs> dated a girl that lived all the way like near the airport, and I was like, "What am I going to fucking do about this?" Like that alone was a reason to. Uh, Adam, stop. you know Adam Lowett. Uh, yeah, the, he has uh, he's the producer on the Daily Show and also a very funny stand up, and he has this joke about being at a wedding, a friend's wedding in Hawaii, and meeting this girl that knew the friend there that lived in Hawaii, and having like this uh, whirlwind romance where he was like ready to make it work at the end of it and he was like i was more ready to long distance date a girl in hawaii than i would be to date a girl in new york who lived in like queens yeah you know? yeah yeah <laughs> it's in new york, like wait you live in the bronx like, yeah i don't care how much we're they connecting this will jo- never uh, never work out that's so funny hawaii and completely true yeah they say that on Seinfeld, there's something about like they, he lives on the Upper West and he's yeah. like she's in the Lower East. He's like it's a long distance relationship. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I can make it work. <laughs> it's just so true. Queens is so far away. Yeah, like Matt McCarthy used to live like fucking far out, and he came up twice out in Queens. I was just like, so I'll just never see you. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, it's, it's over. And it's even weirder out here. Like I, I had friends that I didn't see. Like we had to make plans because they lived in South Brooklyn. I made North Brooklyn. It's like who's going to take a thirty minute? Like which one of us is going to make a thirty? minute train ride to the other person yeah. here everybody i know lives within two miles yeah. in you know east la between right. you know los Feliz and i'm sure Still not LA. everyone does but it's kind of this crazy like i was driving with uh gabe liedman and jenny slate last night and they were literally like pointing out like right. okay morgan murphy's there and chelsea peretti's yeah, there and nick's around the corner you know it was lesser like, known star map <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly. a nobody gives a shit star map <laughs> right, right exactly this is where chelsea lives yeah who handler <laughs> No, just keep driving. Yeah, it's weird. I paid Gabe money for that tour, but uh, he was a great host. <laughs> I think I've given Gabe a backhanded compliment when you were talking about that because I think I said something along the lines of like, I've never, I had no idea. Sometimes I'm just too honest. Yeah. Gabe and Jenny were so funny. And then I saw Gabe by himself be as funny as the two of them together. And then I was like, I had no idea you were so funny. Like, I almost like phrase it as an apology. Like, I've been selling sure, you short. Sure. Why? Why not just say great set? Great set great so set. fucking funny. No, I mean, the, what, what, why I remember your compliment about yes. my voice was it was very insightful and well thought out and very honest, which obviously makes it a, even if you just thought it was a great set. When someone says great set, you have right, sort of an automatic like, thanks so much. Like right, you don't right, think right, about right, it, right. but you obviously it's had like sneezing. God you were you. you were giving a more critical right. in the sense of like I remembering what you did before. There's been yes. a change, a growth. I appreciate it. I notice it. Like yeah. it was, there was a way that it was a more right like valuable compliment. A, but yeah. at the same time, like the honesty makes it like more honest. It's uh-huh. not just like a thanks for saying a nice thing. It's right. like oh okay. Well, you wow. wouldn't have remembered if I just said great set. Exactly. But I, that is a wonderful moment. I love seeing a comedian. You know be up there and be like, oh, he's being him. But I didn't know what him was until I just saw it. And that's the first five, six, seven, yeah. eight years of it, stand-up. I remember reading, like, you. Ugh. a lot of people do start fast and, like, know their voices early. And I thought I did. Yeah. You know, like, I did very well in Boston when I started. Um, did you start at the Hong Kong? 
I did, yeah. Wow. That my first stand-up set ever was there. Um, my second was there. I, a friend lied. Uh, a friend. So Abe Smith was the guy that got, got me started in comedy. And he, at the time, he had quit college to go do like comedy professionally for L.A., in L.A. for three years and had come back and that's when we met. So he like lied to the uh, the booker at the Hong Kong and was like, oh, this guy, because we did improv together and he's like, you should do stand-up. And I was like, that's hard. There's homework. You have to write things down. I want to do improv where you yeah, can just yeah, like make yeah, a joke yeah, yeah, about yeah. Jesus' dick size every week yeah, or whatever yeah. and people lose their minds. But he lied to this booker and was like, uh, this guy you know, opens for me all the time on the road and we do colleges, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. So, like, my first set was a Saturday at the Hong Kong. No. Um, did it go well? It did go well. And I, I, you know, I was very writerly and thought I had my voice, you know. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you sort of, you do get better at that. And then it's almost like three or four years in, you have to, like, break it down. And it takes, you know, I've been doing it 10 years and I only feel like in the last two years that I have, a, like, a very specific idea of like who I am and like what my perspective, like how to just make things that are funny me, yeah. you know, and it yeah, just yeah. takes so long. You think you're better at it. Right. You know, well, that's the delusion that's required yes. to get to that. Of course. Point. Why would you do, why would you do something poorly for eight years? Yeah. Uh, well, the, when I said that, it, it gave me flashbacks on just how difficult it is. It's not that bad, but like, you know, you're not as good as you might be at one point. And yeah. You hope and you want to be. be better and you're frustrated, but at the same time, it's still fun and you're still good right, at right, you right. think in a certain way the and you can do well. Uh, but sometimes you read about these guys who are great, who were seem to be saying that they were miserable at it and doing it for years and years and years. Right. And you're just like, how did you keep doing it? Right. Like Stand up is something that's very easy to not like there's so much about the life in the community that is not cool right you know? right and uh, <clears throat> all of it like i if you weren't having a blast at the very least even if it was delusional like why would you right still do well, <laughs> there's so I many still, other things you i know? still sometimes go back to other towns and see the guys there's always one one or two guys that just like have never had a good set or they've had even worse they've had one yeah it was at the beginning right and they've been chasing that dragon ever since like i think maybe i think that years. first because they say that the they say um but you know you hear that story about like oh the first <clears throat> time is easy it's the next 2000 or that are oh, hard you yeah, know that like yeah, people yeah. tend to people that maybe are going to be good at it have right strong first sets or, or maybe the the rush of it is just just feels like at it least it feels great. good yeah or, but, or there's a rush there is a there rush. could be some negativity in the rush but there's a rush but yeah you do sort of end up chasing that for a while just being like oh yeah. actually i do love that feeling even if you do it dozens of times in a row where you're like wow right what a like i've never not liked being on stage you know even when things were going worse or I wasn't liking the show or myself, what my jokes were, I always like it Right. once I'm up there. <clears throat> yeah. But it's sort of all the other feelings, the before, the after, you know, know, everything know. else. That it is it a tough. little bit druggish. The, we, you have a bad trip or something. Yeah. Um, so girlfriend, New York, quickly, yep. moved quickly. in, yep. year and a half, currently. Yep. What, what does she do? She's uh, an editor and writer at uh, this website, Gawker. Oh, I know guac- Guacker. Guacker, yeah, yeah. Guacamole. Yeah, it's all about guacamole. We just uh. we just uh, spy on different dips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's great, and and she. So it sounds to me, I didn't know this. This was going to sound backhanded. I didn't know that you were touring around. Sometimes the people that I, the, when I leave in New York, I just assume you freeze, and you're just you're still running big terrific. I mean, I, I still am running big terrific, and the touring I'm doing <clears throat> is like opening. Um, but it's been very fun. Who are you opening for? Uh, Aziz. Uh, 
A lot. Hey, man. <laughs> yep, yep. That is the way how he talks. Uh, a lot of people that do Aziz impressions do Todd Barry's impression of Aziz, I feel like. Todd and I do the same impression. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, We do it to each other. Fair enough. And then we always just go, hey, man. When I see Todd, we just go, hey, man. Uh, I saw his agent and he did a great Aziz impression, like a subtle Aziz impression that I thought was fantastic. I couldn't even come close to doing it. And he uh, tours in a very fun way. You know, it's like right. generally on a bus. Yep. Uh, and food based, you know, like when we're in a town, we find Oh, he likes to, eat. to go and eat like, yeah, yeah. good stuff. Not that we like uh, go out to fancy meals, but it's just sort of, he it's not wasted meals, you right. know, which I, uh, as someone who likes eating, I hate just wasting, you know, being like, oh, I got some like right. deli sandwich that's gross, but right. I'm just going to wolf it down and feel bad if we just can because say, I need food. Right. One thing about your weight loss is that we did the opposite. I was all diet, no exercise. You're all exercise, no diet. I have not stopped eating. I eat so much. <laughs> and you eat yeah. shit. Yeah. Are no, you, no, I mean, or I you will eat, eat shit, I will if, eat shit it's yes. if it's for fun. If it's for fun. Yes. Like if Aziz is like, this place has the best shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no I, every day I eat shit. Like I'm not a. I try to be healthy once a day. Aren't you concerned about being that really good, like healthy looking person that has like a stroke or something? No. <laughs> now you are. No, not. Why would I be? I have great. What like because of a like a blood clot? No, no, no. Like yeah, from eating eating garbage. That like, I mean, I, like I, when I, guys like uh, Richard Pryor or Eddie Griffin right. have like heart attacks when they're young men, um, and th- those are like skinny looking kind of muscly guys. I know what you mean. I'm yeah. always like, well, I mean, I also though I I eat a lot of gross stuff, but like mostly like whole things. You know, like the oh, gross I food I eat is. Like, You're eating Gouda. But also at the same time, I, I get a physical twice a year. I mean, if I someone were to I tell didn't me, mean, I wasn't here to be like, this is an intervention. <laughs> yeah. You're going to die. The point is I have great cholesterol and great blood pressure okay. and all that. I'll like fix myself. If yeah, whatever, sure, like, actually, sure, sure, you sure, need sure. to. For now, I feel like as long as I right. work out, I can do whatever I want until it stops. I don't know where what track we were on, but it just reminds me. Girlfriend. Yeah, eating. we got girlfriend. Wow. Nicely done. Yeah. You should host a podcast. <laughs> Um, we, I texted Gabe and Jenny mm-hmm. before the show and all, the only thing they said that was weird about you, only Gabe got back to me. Um, well, we could look. Nope. <laughs> um, Gabe said, you don't believe in anything supernatural at all. <laughs> like 0.0. <laughs> that is such and a Gabe thing that he would think that's the weird thing. <laughs> I, I, but maybe he knows me. I would think that's weird right, too. Right. I, um. I mean, I think I... He also said, and you think it's silly if anyone does. That is like one... I mean, my girlfriend has this great phrase, uh, don't... I think... Don't yuck my yum, you know, in the oh, sense of yeah. like, it's just... That's a well-edited phrase. Really obnoxious to... Yeah. If someone's enjoying something... Yeah. To just be like, oh, how could you do that? Right, right, right. It's totally terrible. And as much as we're all judgy people and maybe like find a funny way to sure. do that... Out, but like when someone's actually in the middle of enjoying something to be terrible right, about it, right. it's the worst. And I'm glad that I just now was able to turn a beautiful forward phrase into 15 sentences. Ah, <laughs> like it was very clear don't immediately. Like, don't yuck my yum. Yeah. No, I get it. But um, so I try not to do that. But the one thing I kind of don't have a lot of social patience for is like ghosts, ghosts and crystals and things like that. Aliens. I, b- I believe in aliens. There you go. Yeah. There we are. Which is a weird, like, I draw a line at science or something. I don't know. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, uh, but you But can... it's because Gabe's talking about because Gabe and Jenny both... Love ghosts. Yeah. So what do you think is happening when get- when Jenny, who was on the show, told one of my favorite ghost stories, talked to... Did you listen to that episode? I did not, I only but I asked heard because her... she's your friend. Yes, I heard, like, the, about like, her house. The, like, sea captain or whatever that would walk around and yes. smoke a pipe. Yes. So everybody in the house said that they saw the sea captain yeah. guy smoking a pipe. What's going on? I don't believe him. You I just th- think they're full of shit? 
I don't believe that they believe they're full of shit, but I believe there's another explanation for that. And I don't think it was a sea captain. <laughs> you just made me laugh like Krusty the Clown. Yeah, I'm such so a sorry. The room filled that, up. That, did, that is a weird laugh. I was <laughs> had to pull my headphones off a second. It was so filling. I have never been embarrassed by the laugh that comes out, but that was so funny. I don't. And you were looking right at me. Well, I don't think it was a sea, sea captain. captain. And I think I was about to say something so like an initial poo came out and then <laughs> that is like on one hand of course it wasn't a sea captain yeah and it's not an intelligent like i'm there's no it's not a judgment of like their intelligence yeah or that i think that it's a smarter you know a, i just don't think i choose my my faith is that that's not real <laughs> i get it you know like we, there's no way to know who was right but i've decided that Right. It doesn't feel right to me that, that some, it was a that sea a captain. Sea captain. <laughs> that a whole family. Stop saying sea captain. Sea captain. <laughs> <laughs> You're the perfect guy in the first act of a horror movie going, let me get yeah. this straight. You all think. So if I just walk up these stairs, I'm going to see a sea captain. Whoosh, my head comes off and rolls down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and it smells like seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> he got you. That is so perfect. But so you think you don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Um, I, I actually, it's not like if someone were to like, if I were to read that story, I'd find it interesting. I, I think, I think what Gabe's like really referencing is that at times there would be, I don't know. I just remember being like a little kid that like made up a lot of stories that I maybe believed, you know. And at times it'd be, I had this like friend in second grade where we like sort of were inventing this whole weird fantasy world or something, uh, and we would just be like, "Man, I had this dream last night that like I was in the woods and blah blah blah." Something happened. You'd be like, "Oh, I had that dream too." And then this guy, came. and we were both like playing into each other's stories. You were lying for fun, yeah, for fun, uh, but like committed to it, committing yes, to it. Yes. And not that I think that's what they're doing, but sometimes when that happens socially like a bunch of people start s- sharing and s- yeah. and selling ghost stories to each other in a right. way that it's be like no it that is what happened you know yeah it's like right. it is a thing where I'm, i don't think it's this but it's sometimes well i just find myself like getting i don't this is what people I have told bias. me i have i have a confirmation bias which means i want to believe in ghosts i want to believe in god I want, is that what that's called a confirmation bias? i want yeah I like my that. bias is that i i'm looking for i'm starting with that's my end goal is yeah. to prove that jenny is right right so then i will go like did you did anyone that <laughs> you know navigate Navigated the sea, right. die in the right, house. Yeah. What's, yes, yeah, yeah. Someone did, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like I get really excited and happy. Yeah. I mean, that's a much more fun answer. Oh, thank you for saying that. I, I didn't. I wasn't gonna like attack you, but it is so much more fun. Yeah, and it's weird that actually, like, ghost supernatural stuff is the one way. Like, I'm a very. I think of myself as a pretty positive person, and I want to like things. Yep. And I do try to have this. It's like more fun to be enjoying something. You love always. yum and somebody's yum. I do, I do, and Good but that is weirdly yum. one thing that I, I choose the grump answer, and right. I could choose the other one. You know, like neither can be verified, but I weirdly am I, like sort of close-minded about that, and I don't know why. I think it was because I was Wiccan in seventh grade. You were not. I was Wiccan How in did it take grade. this long? Why didn't you sit down and say <laughs> I was Wiccan in seventh grade? <laughs> seventh grade? Yeah. That's a new record. Um, it was young. Wow. I had a... How did you even know about Wicca? Well, so <clears throat> I had this uh, best friend named Neil Taylor, and I had a lot of sleepovers at his house. Who was a ghost. He was a ghost. <laughs> he was a pretty, like, his parents were a little... Like, alty, but for the most part, he was, you know, just a normal other white suburban Massachusetts kid. And uh, he did karate 
every Saturday afternoon or morning or whatever. And I didn't do karate, but I would like sometimes just if the the hang was continuing, we'd have a sleepover. We'd probably watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie on Friday night, have a sleepover. And then I would like go with him to karate or whatever until like I got picked up later in the day. And he had this friend named Billy who also went to school with me who I did not know well, who was the most mystical person at school. And he played this up because his like, he was raised Buddhist and he was half Japanese, which is not, neither of those are strange, but like in my, like in my school, he was like, and I think he had like a ponytail or something. So kids were like, you are from another planet. Might as well be like a small Sasquatch. (laughs) Exactly. And he, there was around the corner from this martial arts studio in Marlboro, Massachusetts. There was like a witch Wiccan supply store, you know, like (laughs) it was uh, like a bookstore, you know, like an alt, bookstore but it was for witch and magic stuff so wow. you went in and it was like all these books about you know gaia and all this sort of stuff and uh, candles and supplies wow. and incense and teas and all the things and i so they would go and billy was like trying to sell his friends on this thing and i went in and i was like okay and just sort of like got caught up in it but i bought a book that was like a source book for Wicked. Like, it was basically like, this is what yeah. it is. Here's the story behind it. Here's, like, a, an appendix that when has spells. When you opened spells. it, did it go like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I had to buy a tiny key. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just like, a, there's a gust of uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, it was like, literally, it was like a paperback with like a, you know, neon cover that was just like, Guide to Wicca. Like, very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston <laughs> Guide to Wicca. <laughs> Wicca Pissa. Um, uh, wow. Uh, wow. I've been trying to think of what you'd call it and call bookshop all i got was barns and goblins <laughs> that's all i got that's really it's good but wicked piss is really good Wick- uh, <laughs> wicked pizza. so i got this book it was I like mean, it's a free show <laughs> all they have to do is sit through an hour and a half to get to, to get to wicked can you edit can we open with this somehow <laughs> yeah, rearrange this? And the part where i say why didn't you say this first people would be like what, what? a meta joke weird um so i bought this book that was like a very like guide like a school book like this is how you do it here like here's a section on mojo bags which what are that? those are there you buy these little bags and different spells like you put things in them and like bury them and stuff so it was like if you want a girl to love you you like get a pubic hair from her or something it's like if you're getting a pubic hair from her like, <laughs> she already likes you. yeah <laughs> but it was like things like that and you bury it and like okay blah well, love spell and it was very uh, hi tracy n- i know you don't <laughs> yeah. like me but uh could i have a pube is that your comb did you use that on your pubes uh i definitely didn't know what pubes were like i maybe thought it was like a long mane uh, she doesn't have pubes so you just have to <laughs> yeah like can i have it? the one uh, oh. um Bink. so i like got this book and I think because I was just like an obsessive nerdy kid, I just like read it and got good at it. You know, I didn't we not got like I didn't we didn't do anything. Right. But then when we like hang out and talk about Wicca, I like could tell you everything about wow. Gaia and spells and this because I like read the book and had a really good memory. You learned it real quick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh god. Man. I was like a really good Wicca picker up. Uh. <laughs> The quicker wicker pickup, you were bounty for Wicca. Exactly, you were yeah. The quicker wicker pickup. I soaked up so much see, magic knowledge. See, everybody, my bad joke led to Max's good joke. Everybody's like, "Why wow, you make stupid jokes? Shut up and get in line." I don't even know what the line is for. Uh, <laughs> Me to read them and weep. What are they reading? What are they reading? Uh, Shut the whole thing down. Um, so I we just like would hang out on like next to the soccer field at recess and like talk wicca and plans or whatever and kids were weirdly supportive of it like we i'm seeing soccer balls come and then you just like 
put your hand up and it stops in the <laughs> pop the ball. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kick her towards the wicker. I can't make it any more clear. <laughs> um, so we like did, and we didn't get judged. We weren't like weird kids. They were just like, oh, okay, they're they're fucking around with wicker stuff. And then I remember <laughs> that would start like a torch wielding riot <laughs> yeah. where I grew up. It was so strange in hindsight that they yeah. were just like, no, like Max, Billy, and uh, Neil are just kind of yeah. they're doing some magic now. <laughs> M A J I K. Exactly. G I C K. Either way. Blood sugar sex, uh, <laughs> Wicca. But I remember, I think, when it finally ended was I, I had to ask. Like, everything required supplies. Like, you needed, to, you know, for a love spell, you need, like, a pink candle, and you needed this sort of incense yeah. and, like, some sort of, you know, root or whatever. And all that was for sale at the store, and I, like, asked my parents. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Uh, <laughs> asking my parents for, like, more money and explaining kind of like you know it's funny i kind of been reading this book and it's like some pretty interesting stuff and you're like, trying to get money for the lube up your parents <laughs> to give you money spell yeah I, th- this will be the last money yeah. i need <laughs> and then i need one of your pubes dad <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry hear me out uh <laughs> is this your co- <laughs> yes that's my pube, pube comb now help me chop this salam <laughs> Oh, so many chopped salami recipes in our Italian household. <laughs> and then you sprinkle a little chopped salami over it. Uh, Get a cup of water, little chopped salami. Italian water. Salami soup. Everybody eats it. Um, and they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm sure it's fake, but in case it's not. And they're like, you're not going to the Wicca store anymore. And, and I think it was... Like one of those things where I did not get rebellious about it. I was like, oh, yeah, when you put it into that light, when you're not a seventh grader encouraging one another and you're just like, this is ridiculous. Right. Oh, yeah. They said it's not a sea captain. And (laughs) you said, oh, And they made eye contact like I did. Yeah, I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Exactly. This is a perfect dovetail (laughs) flourish finale. I should really wrap the show up right now. It's so good. Uh, So, no. You know, though, I, I've been thinking about it lately. That stuff is so interesting to me to this day. I'm listening, again, reading. I like saying reading. Sure. Let, let me have my thing. Yeah, you read. Reading. Wait, have we started? Yeah. Is this all being recorded? Yes. <laughs> we even... That is the latest have we started I've ever gotten. <laughs> that is the new record. Um, I uh, So, fucking Elron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Lafayette, Ron Hubbard. Yeah, why? Why go with Ron? Lafayette is a kind of Lafayette, amazing you're gonna name. Start a if you're religion, be like kind of a literary sea captain yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he like had fleets of ships yeah. and would like look for space. He's on Lafayette's ships. Yeah, I'm not being like that's Ron's ship, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Ron. Exactly. <laughs> it was amazing. a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I loved it because there was a from above shower scene. I've met a lot of people watching that movie that have helped my career. So it's actually, it seems a little crazy. Ah, that is very, very funny. I'm sending a pizza to your house today. And you'll eat it, you in shape motherfucker. I will, I will. I'll go you for eat it hike. and then burn it off. You carbo-loading dick. Uh, so Sorry, anyway, he, got, he got involved with, he never met Alistair Crowley, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, I think so. But uh, he he was a part of a, a West Coast sort of secret society, esoteric shit, like meeting in the woods and robes and, you know, discussing magic right. and blood sugar, all that stuff. And I, I'm listening to that and I was like, I have an Alistair Crowley book because I'm friends with Doug and Trussell and I um, – I've never read it, and I was like, I should read it. Why don't I read these, like, fucking... When you're a kid, mm-hmm. the idea of being able to go into a store and just buy any book and just look into the occult, yeah. why aren't we doing this? Yeah, it's such a fascinating... I mean, I guess there's a lot of fascinating things on the internet. And I was, I mean, obviously, like, so fascinated with it 
as a kid and like even I still read like a lot of weird fantasy magic type oh, really? stuff. Or I mean like you know, like I'm still into comics and stuff like Sandman and Hellblazer. That's all like yeah. weird magic crowley I type guess that's stuff. Scratching but it's edge. also fiction. Presented as as fiction, even though a lot of it is like based in it, like Crowley was really a person doing things, you right. know. And um, I, also, I remember reading in, uh, in Going Clear that also that was like the thing in California at the time. Yeah, that there was really? a lot of these occult societies. Like you could sort of bounce around, and like <laughs> somebody would leave one and start another, and everyone yeah. had like fifty nubile young followers. Like yeah, people yeah, were just yeah, like. Yeah getting to California and, like, joining up with, like, a weird kind of fucking sex cult in the woods. Right. And it wasn't and that crazy. dying their pubes black and fucking... <laughs> exactly. Them. So that people couldn't find whose pubes, they, you know, <laughs> they never knew on the you comb whose pubes it was. You've gotten two really weird laughs out of me. That was, a, <laughs> that was a weird one. We haven't podcasted in a while. I think I, I, I've forgotten how I laugh. There's <laughs> <laughs> also kind of a spooky <laughs> cult. <laughs> Things like Michael Jackson songs that start with that laugh. Yeah. <laughs> what am I? What? There's actually a specific thrist thriller. What I'm thinking of? Yeah. 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 I, some Michael Jackson songs. Let's name some of the many. I actually, I thought you were showing show. restraint, and I thought that was a, a good comedic device. Instead of saying thriller, right, right. you said, "Well, I." Uh, you gave me the pleasure of going, "Oh, he means thriller." Yeah. And then I laughed harder. So I, I had a friend that there's a word for that. For what? What? What I thought you did. <laughs> there's uh, a friend of mine majored in like humor in college so he read a lot of psychology of humor which I've never read but I still remember him telling me that like a lot of laughter comes from the click the getting it that something like that comedy whether it be like a conflation you know like drunkle or you know something where you're uh, communicating a premise Mm -hmm. that people are completing Mm -hmm. because there's a um, an efficiency of the like mental energy, you know, because you're like somehow saving time and there's like a surplus of like you came to this conclusion or you drunk uncle was two ideas and one uh-huh. that, that is actually like a mental release that like causes laughter. It's like an inadvertent, inadvertent, like because, oh, this thought was meant to take this long. Right. But the timing was different. Oh. The way I received it is different. And that's pleasant. It's to very your pleasant. Human and brain. you react like laughing because like, oh, that's not normal. This is not the normal number of like beats or ideas presented in this. Yeah. I have a new joke where I say, instead of saying, I came everywhere, it's about drinking home, I say, I everywhered. <laughs> and people always laugh really hard so at that funny, line. Yeah. And it's and it's And it's drunkle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting them there faster, yeah. saying the same thing, and everyone gets it, yeah. and, and your brain lights up. Well, I do feel like that, that sort of comedy, though, is more... It doesn't play as broadly, because like you have to always assume... You have to figure out what how much your audience knows. Mm. You know, like... A certain a certain type of crowd, and I mean, I everywhere it is very specific. Right. But, but you have to know that your your crowd is like ready for you to talk about coming everywhere. Right. And that, that would be somewhere they'd go or in their mind. Drunkle, drunken uncle, or, or where like you didn't make a mistake. There's some crowds. Let's just say that might think you misspoke. Totally. I exactly. had a uh, how do I say this? I had a drunkle. Yeah. You mean drunk uncle? And then there's the other crowd that are like, ugh, conflations have been hacky for two years. You know, like there's, sure. you're, you, depending on where you're playing, it's sort of like a tougher thing. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> so Wicca and then now nothing? I guess nothing. I don't, I've got nothing magic going on now. It's very funny that Gabe was like, that's the weird thing. I'll what take that it? as a compliment. I'm going to look at my phone again just in case. No, still, that's no, no respect from these fuckers. I was with Jenny this morning, so maybe she didn't want to write a weird thing about me. Oh, because but. the fondness she has. Or just be, it'd be the weird to... Glow. Yeah, yeah. The afterglow. No, we were hanging out at her house, and maybe she just didn't... That's what Jonah Ray did. Jonah Ray did not sell out Matt Myra. 
And Matt Myra totally sold out Jonah and like told me like weird thing. It's not supposed to be mean or anything. You, oh, of course, no, no. You, you, You've reached you, out to me about other you, people, and I feel like I've never been. I have a, I'm, I don't have a good story memory. Me neither. Yeah, I can't. Even things that happened to me, like so much about. I mean, I was drinking a lot, but like so much about Rafifi, gone, like gone, erased. Like I have like four little visuals. And all positive, you know, but like, yeah. man, I spend so much time there and right. basically it's like three little flashes. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, I actually can remember like each of them. I remember putting my set list in the time capsule, the invite them up time capsule. Me apparently ripped on cocaine. Yeah. You were in the back going, Xanax, <laughs> Xanax. My heart won't, my heart's going to explode if I don't get Xanax. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, I'm looking away to shed weight, but I'm not going to change what I eat. <laughs> Uh, it was a weird thing to yell. Yeah, I no, remember that. But you do remember it. I have like five memories of uh, Rafifi, but I mean, for all the time we spent there, God, you yeah. think it would be more. Yeah. Uh, what I'm looking for is in any sort of Lord figure. A Lord figure. <clears throat> Are you religious at all? <laughs> no, I know what you meant. Yeah. I was just repeating it to create space. <laughs> Not like living to allow in a, in a castle. Who's the Lord of this castle? I, uh, Jesus. No, I don't. But I'm not also not really an atheist. I just don't think about it. You know, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. And went to church up until I didn't. Italian Catholics. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> when did you stop? We put like a little bit of uh, marinara. We called it gravy and cheese on the, on the wafer. Ooh, a little bit of gravy. Yeah. Uh, Sunday sauce. Um, How small can you chop the garlic? I went to... I, Not garlic, garlic, garlic hills. Yeah. <laughs> chop them up real fine. Garlic my balls. Um, <laughs> garlic my balls. <laughs> Sweetheart, you gotta take garlic. <laughs> How about you garlic my balls? <laughs> the She's bat- like, are you referencing Zoolander? <laughs> Wait, Dara is that Leak? A- Yeah, no, I remember his... The, uh, the, uh, the line is like, Daryl or whatever. And he's like, Daryl my balls. Because like... That's literally what I was referencing. Garlic my because also you don't say lick my. Why wouldn't you say garlic my balls? It'd be so weird to say garlic my balls. Garlic, (laughs) garlic my balls. (laughs) Both are weird to say. Don't talk to your wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I I went in for confirmation classes, Mm. and in the first one they they said, you know, thanks. I was there with my mom, and they said, uh, you know, this is really something. This is not just like an automatic. You're this age. Do it now. This is something that. You should only do if you really want to. Don't do if your parents are making you or just everyone else your age is. And I sort of thought for a second. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And we, oh. it like never was a thing again. And I just sort of stopped going to church. Forever. Really? Yeah. No more church? Never. That's the easiest breakaway from church I've ever heard. Though, I mean... And I love it. It was never... I mean, we went every Sunday and I went to catechism and stuff like once a year. But it was never... It was not that tight a community. Like I never, and we moved around a bunch, so I wasn't like in a community. Yeah. It was difficult to. There wasn't like leave. Father O'Malley raking leaves, like little Sylvester. <laughs> how come you never come by no more? I never see you. It's Red O'Malley, I that know, Italian rapper. I, yeah. I got an Irish yeah. name, but I talk just like every kid. My father, he wasn't around. My mom, she was Italian. That's where this comes from. <laughs> he explains he that. Explains it every, every time. time. Someone else talks like, "Hey, it's the mail is here." Just so you know, <laughs> you're probably like, "Why am I?" letters to a guy named O'Malley, but he took a look at that. It's because of what I just said to the kid. It's my mama. And it's like, geez, it's so exhausting. This is why I don't go to church anymore. <laughs> Every homily he opens, he's like, hey, you're probably hearing this as service. You're wondering, what's he going to say? Oh, what's he talking like this? <laughs> we just end up with an O. A giant. Do you remember when I said I should have ended the podcast? And then I didn't. You didn't, yeah. And then you get the O'Malley 
riff. The old Italian O'Malley. <laughs> this is why you never want to end. You never want to end. Yeah. Why would you end? <laughs> so, in conclusion. In conclusion, <laughs> yeah. As we end. Yeah. Um, uh, so, not really concerned too much with the Lord. Not really afraid of uh, death, I guess. No. Or dead over, I guess is the question. When we die, it's over. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's nice to think. I don't, I'm not very good at long view in general for any it's part of my life. on the bass. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I'm going to unplug my mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, I don't ever think of that. Um, uh-huh. But uh, That's so, great. Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah, I don't. You being, your, your efforts to be chill, you've already proven yourselves overly chill in two yeah. areas. One, your career, even though you've kind of changed the levels there a little bit, and also not worrying about that. Good for you. Thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you. Wouldn't yeah. change it for the world. <laughs> not that I could. Uh, we already did a sleep ritual. Uh, do you want to tell me about your virginity? <laughs> and its ongoingness? <laughs> I mean, I've been with a lot of girls, but I've never been able to get hard near them. So, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I love wedging in a soft one. Right, exactly. <laughs> Just wedging in that sound. Put like the a sock pack- back in the pack or whatever. Like uh, a packing peanut. <laughs> is this? A funny thing to yell while you're having sex is, is this sex? <laughs> is- I find that to, is this sex? I find that to Just, be funny. is this, and then they laugh because they know you meant to say is this sex? Is it's this like a release? Yeah, uh, and there's a real release because you've been in a relationship for seven years. <laughs> That's your O'Malley joke. You can't yeah. stop doing it. <laughs> uh, do you have a weird virginity story? Losing it? Um, no, I didn't lose it until college, but it wasn't that weird. How old? I guess nineteen. Bunk bed? No, but someone had a single room. I mean, it was like a girl I liked, and then we started dating. Brittany. Yeah, Brittany. Um, Jenny. Nope. Sarah. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Got it. There you go. Um, third guess. That's pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just all be cool. <laughs> Everybody relax. You're handling it real well for how I get if I just done that. Because um, you kind of went big with Brittany and Jenny, and yep. those are sort of like, yep. but then you're like, I'm going to give a safe guess, and it worked out. Yeah, we did. I thought all three were safe. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> I went to uh, Brown, and every other girl was named Sarah, so it was a good guess considering <laughs> where I went to. Um, but yeah, it was like pretty normal, and then we were in a relationship for uh-huh. like a year and had a lot of sex. Cute. I mean, you know, we're, that's what it wasn't yeah. weird. No, that's know? normal. That's normal. I wasn't good at it. I mean, it wasn't sure. You know, I didn't stick the first landing or whatever. I understand. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Blair? I don't <laughs> did, did did you you got it in? I would like jumped off the bunk bed onto her yeah. to go inside of her and missed yeah, sex. Yeah, and broke my ankle. <laughs> yeah, sex. And as you're in the air, you go, yeah. "This is sex." <laughs> I still give people really bad. I'm just like, look, gravity does most of the work. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything more painful than rolling out of the top bunk with a boner pointed down towards the earth, <laughs> right straight to hell. To quote our friend from Chicago, <laughs> and then you land on the floor boner first. I think that sounds great. Yeah. Why haven't we seen that? one of your Tom Green pictures. Um, when's the last time you cried? Um, maybe a week ago? Hmm. Yeah. Like a good cry or a tear up? No, I haven't had a good cry in, in probably a month or two. Okay. I sometimes wake up crying. Is that weird? Yeah, it's the name of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You wake yeah. up crying like with tears. Like, like, a, like a dream was like really intense. Or actually the dream wasn't, but in the dream. Yes. I'm very sad. Huh. You know, like something sad is happening and I feel like I'm crying in the so dream. you're having a vivid like a, enough dream. To... I guess I think it's like because I don't maybe engage enough with my emotions day to day that I have like uh, 
wet dreams of emotion. That's so funny. That literally it like you builds have wet up. wet face dreams. Exactly. I wake up just yeah. sticky with tears. <laughs> oh my God. And embarrassed. And the dream was about fucking yeah, somebody. Exactly. It was Jenny McCarthy died and I <laughs> cried. <laughs> you fucked her to death. Yeah. And then you cried. Cried, and yeah. You woke up wet in two spots. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. What do you? Th- uh, that, that's interesting on its own. I don't have to have a follow-up question on okay. that. Okay. Yeah. You wake up crying sometimes. What was the tear up recent? Um, I'm just looking for general things. I cry a lot at movies. I cry. A lot I cry a ton music. at movies. I kind of almost don't count that as crying. Like I'm. Yeah. A, if I think about the last scene of Mr. Holland's opus, I'll start crying. Interesting. There's like American Symphony, and he stands up, like, and he lifts his little uh, baton up. Like yeah. I'm just weeping. Just think about. it. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Mr. Holland's opus? I'll write it on my hand. Oh my! I God. know this part. You think because I'm deaf, I don't know who the Beatles are? <laughs> That's all I yeah. know. And I, I don't yeah. know what's important to you. Um, <laughs> oh God! Uh, also, <laughs> it's one of the funner voices to do, and it's it so offensive. I was uh, joking about on stage the other night I wrote about an just opus why. On my hand, I'm going to go home and read Bloom Candle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about uh, like I think bartenders tend to not like me, and I don't know if it's like I just I'm someone strangers like homeless people spit at me a lot. I don't know, like I have a weird punchable face or something. <laughs> and but I was joking about the reason bartenders don't like me is because. I mumble the drink order, and as soon as they ask me to repeat it, I just do the deaf voice. I'm like, darn, did you not? Like, I'm just always just the worst of bartenders. That's not what I do, but that would be so terrible. I uh, had a girlfriend that if I didn't understand her and she was mad at me, she'd go like, I said, I want- <laughs> I've never come so close to wanting to punch a woman. And every, it's the most if, meanest, infuriating. No, and God. she'd do the hand oh. thing. And she'd be like, pass me the remote. What? Pass me the remote. <laughs> If I clocked her and Jesus Christ, King of Kings, was walking in as I drove her nose into her face, he'd just start a slow clap and be like, she do the deaf voice? She sounds pretty funny. Yeah, she was, she was a real hoot. God, um, fucking hell. But, oh, wait, I was just about to... Oh, but there's also a scene in Mr. Holland's opus yes, where opus. Uh, he puts on, after realizing that music is important to his son, even if he can't... Uh, are you, I mean, you might be doing the motion. No, I'm. Oh, just, you're just stretching a wrist. I'm, oh, it's funny. I'm you, stretching my but he uh, he puts on like a light concert for his son and his son's classmates who are all that like go to a deaf school. That uh, and he conducts or sings the last song himself, and it's uh, this John Lennon song called like "Beautiful Boy." That's about oh, uh, yeah, Sean, I think. Cool. But he beautiful, 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 beautiful. Cool. And he makes a C with his yeah, hand, yeah, which yeah. is I've seen that part. Yeah, yeah. Way. And just weeping. Um, yeah, I love that movie. It, but that's just like I, I get very like Forrest Gump makes me cry all the yeah, time. Yeah, sure. Like, I have I cry real easy in movies. Not Gatsby though. I saw Gatsby yesterday. I saw Gatsby. What'd you think? Enjoyed it. Okay. Even the missteps. I was like, look, you're gonna you're fucking throwing boulders at the sun. Some of them aren't gonna get there. Fair enough. Let's like, not talk about. It. I want this. I want this podcast like, to age well. You like know? The, the the guy playing the trumpet on the on the fire escape. I yeah. was like, look, not everything's gonna hit. <laughs> But I, Put I a just, lot up on the wall. Speaking of reading books about like alphas before bed, I love reading like a good flawed out. Al- like Gatsby is a very good character. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's got a lot of flaws. He's got a lot of flaws, but yeah. he's got a lot of hope too. Don't it's forget true. that. I, I Gatsby is one of those things that I feel like how people. It's like a uh, Rorschach test. Mm. How people react to Gatsby or Daisy mm. says a lot about. I feel like who they are as people. Like if people are like you know he's. A hopeless romantic trapped in the past, or he's like, you know, a scumbag gangster, like, <laughs> deluding himself into, you know, like, I feel like you I'm can like, really take that character. Yeah. And what's interesting, that's what's interesting about him. But, like, some people are like, oh, that, you know, it's a beautiful uh, separated lover story. And it's like, I don't really think it's that kind of story. I think it's about, like, three assholes that all deserve each other, you know? Uh, is that what you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tom, uh, 
Tom, uh, Jay, and Daisy can all just jump in the river. They're all the worst. Um, and so is so is uh, Nick Carraway. They're all. It's about a bunch of nightmares. In well, it's the like 20s. Si- it's the Seinfeld yeah. of its time. Yeah, exactly. they're all assholes. <laughs> I uh, about nothing. I, it's funny. I watched it and I completely. Uh, now I feel like a jerk, but I I completely relate to Gatsby. I'm like that. This guy. I will say that um, I thought DiCaprio was really good at conveying all the different parts of it, and that he like. Seems to be believing like the love is real, and yeah. he is he's trying for this like you know perfect love that is admirable. At the same time, he's sort of like a desperate you know his world yeah. is crumbling around him. I, you know he hits all the beats yeah. such that he can kind of you get a lot out of his performance as opposed to like one reading of the book. It's also why it's a great book is that there's not yeah. one reading. Yeah, that, that did you cry at it? You didn't. I did not just because I was a little not super into it. I cried a couple times. I cried at shirts, beautiful shirts. I also, you know, what really gets me is when Tom is that the Tom is Joel Egerton, the like uh, the snivy the whiplash, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Warrior. When he says you didn't love me when I did this, this, and this, that fucked my shit up. Yeah, I was like, that's what makes it a good. I'm sorry, we're talking about the Great Gatsby, but <laughs> fucking get over it. <laughs> I'm just saying him, him being like, of course you loved me at some points, and her being like, of course I loved him yeah. at some point. That is that to me is like after a breakup, even if you're and you're done and you just want to fucking burn the bridge. Yeah. You're just like, no, I remember that time. Like that time, yeah. That girl that did the deaf voice. <laughs> <laughs> she did it once and it was funny. Once it was charming. It was so funny. <laughs> when we were in our uh, you know, starry eyed phase sure. and she was like, I like you a lot. I was like, ah, She's funny. I finally connected with someone yeah. that gets my humor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three months later. Right. Pow! Right in front of Jesus. <laughs> He's walking in the door. Um, let's do... Do you want to sing or do you want to laugh? Uh, sing, I guess. <laughs> Does anyone ever say sing? <laughs> <laughs> when I said it, I was like, there's no way he's going to pick Sing. But you picked Sing, which is like the highlight of my day so far. <laughs> what I, a game we like to play on the show, on this podcast, on this American podcast, is um, sing along to a pop song you don't know the words to. And it's not like it's not an improv game where you're like supposed to get them. Okay. This is something that you would do alone, stress-free in the Oh, car. and I'm the worst with lyrics. Like, I love karaoke, but married to the screen you know like i have i could listen to a song a thousand times in a row and not know what any of the words are that's perfect the last thing i spotified was silver chair (laughs) cool Uh, okay Uh, let's do a lisa loeb song sure like not stay you know what i mean she has other ones i mean i know that she does and that's not me i'm not that was not a caddy <laughs> yes, she does. You magical dick. <laughs> um, a one hit O'Neater. Sing along with Lisa Loeb. She has an album that you're supposed to do this to. Uh, we're going to do. What is the album? Okay, we're going to do the very best of. It's just a single. I'm kidding. <laughs> Love you, Lisa. I don't know her. So it, it's meant to be a song I haven't heard, and I just try to. Yeah, th- again, to, to reiterate, this is not like. And we're going to do it together. Okay, cool. This is something I do alone in my car, and it just makes me happy. And it's a fun, like, lighthearted way to end yeah. the show. We've covered some pretty deeper topics. Yeah, yeah. Jealousy, loss. Yeah. Anxiety. Sure. Your coke <laughs> And like, so. Do you a, remember that from me personally, or that was a thing that... Thinking that you did coke? Yeah. I don't know. I hate to say that. I, there was just something I was like, he's out, he's drinking. I just assumed sometimes people that, like, enjoy bars or hunt cocaine. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I'm just like, how could he be so fun? I mean, I definitely did it. I never like. I, I I'm sorry that we did not get to have a part of the podcast where I talked about my coke problem and then coming out of it. 
You did have a Coke problem? No, no. I'm just I'm oh. saying, like, I feel like maybe you were like, maybe that was a thing <laughs> oh, we can talk about. Like, don't worry, Jenny. Don't get back to me. I can always ask him about that white powder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you Okay, you foppish dandy. Up the nose with the powder. <laughs> um, that would be funny to call cocaine rubber hose. Rubber hose. You got yeah. any rubber hose? <laughs> What do you mean? You know, up the nose with a rubber hose. Oh, cocaine. I like the person who's like, what do you mean? It's like, what, <laughs> yeah. else, where, what other context do you hear rubber hose? You know what I mean. It's like Cockney rhyming slang. We're going to listen to... Blubber, you know, like rubber hose. Up the nose. It's too fast. This, this is better. Is, this is good. Is this in the stay? No. Oh. <laughs> no, I'll go first. I'll show you. Yeah. You're not trying to get the words right. You're, you're in the car and you're just trying to sing along. I like you badly. I are so slowly. And you, I like you. I am an underdog. I'm an underdog. Last in line. Don't be anything. Oh, I approve the song. Be an underboy, birthday boy. <laughs> okay, now you can go. You kiss me and you want your nose. I can't hear with you laughing. Be, it's time for I want to know. We are dancing together. I want to be in the dark. You and me in the dark. We're always in the dark. You. And me I want to be for You got one I got one I get to talk Me and you go to Miami The first in line You and me are waiting in line Cut you if the Chinese cut. Seniors are allowed to get in front of the line. Free rush. It's called a back cut. Learn it. It's called a back cut. Learn it. Got a back cut. Learn it. Got a back cut. Learn it. Last in line. with me. What is even a line? If you really think about it. <laughs> in line. <laughs> I've heard in Cuba they don't use lines for the bus. Is that true? They just know who is last. It is true. There's a word they say when you show up, you're like, now I'm last. And, oh. and people just then come behind you. So there's no line at the bus stop, but everyone knows who they're behind. Wow. You just know the person in front of you. And then you just all go up and it's like completely respected as like, because like the bus system is everything there and it's like a crazy system that they have. And we put an embargo on these people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should be importing that brilliance. Would you say keep it crispy? Keep it crispy. <laughs> Wait, I want to do my yeah. scary laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Will you do it? <laughs> that, Pete, uh, there's no sea captain. Keep it crispy. <laughs> but what if there is? 
<laughs> That's why you're the hopeful one. Just kidding. We're both hopeful. Uh, I know. High five. This is great, Pete. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Hey, everybody. Now that the show's over, don't forget to go to your free trial at Hulu Plus and start watching your favorite hit shows right now. Hulu Plus dot com forward slash weird for your extended free trial. That's huluplus.com forward slash weird. All in lower cl- lower case. Lower case. You can watch Downton Abbey, Scandal, The Vampire Diaries, Revenge, The Following, Grey's Anatomy, Gossip Girl, Bones, SNL, The Office. You know what to do. Huluplus.com forward slash weird. We've never done an ad at the end of the show. It kind of feels weird. Here we are. Maybe maybe you fell asleep to the podcast. Maybe maybe I'm speaking to you in your dreams. You should go on that hot air balloon. Daniel